Hey audio listeners, Mike here. Just wanted to give you a quick word of warning that on this week's episode of the show, I had some mic problems in that my audio that we normally record separately for the audio version of this show, uh, it automatically switched to my Rift S headset, unfortunately, not my usual uh, desktop mic. So the audio quality in this week's episode is taken directly from the live stream on YouTube. It's not ideal, I know, uh, but it is what it is. So I thought I'd give you a quick heads up if you were wondering what happened to the quality this week, and we'll be back on form next week as always. So thank you very much for listening and see you on the next one. Cheers. Hello guys and girls and welcome to episode 90 of the F Reality podcast. This is a weekly VR, AR and MR talk show live streamed every Saturday on YouTube, Facebook and on Twitch. You can tune into the show live at 7 p.m. in Europe, 6 p.m. in the UK and 12 midday in Central US. You can also check out the audio version, which is available on iTunes, SoundCloud, and on Anchor. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe to our YouTube channel or leave us a nice review on iTunes because that would really help us out. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback during the show, please put them in the chat. We'll try to answer as many questions as we can. Now it's time for me to introduce you to the team. First up, this guy has been spending quality time with the family in VR this week. Picking apples with his daughter for their virtual pet Bogo is, of course, Zimtok5. How you doing, dude? I'm good, Mike. Thank you very much for asking. Um, it was I did not expect that particular clip to go as viral as it did. I think last I saw something like 35,000 views. Um, so thank you to Julia who posted it. If you haven't seen it, it's a, it's a, it's a quick little uh, clip from one of our introductory quest streams where I, I had to lift my daughter Jade up to grab some uh, food, some fruit off of a tree, virtual tree, for this uh, space alien uh, dog, uh, Bogo, who, uh, which is which which is a which is a lovely uh, lovely app on on Quest, and uh, I liked it a lot. But a lot of people have said to me uh, subsequently, having seen that, they're like, "Oh, that's so adorable! That's such a cute little thing." But also, why can't we have that on Rift? Because I don't know of any plans for that to be on Rift, and uh, it's a freebie on on Quest. So if you've got a Quest. Definitely check out Bogo, and if you don't, maybe you can uh, join the petition that's mounting online for Bogo to come to other platforms. Well, I think a lot of Rift owners are upset this week and looking on with envy at the Quest people enjoying all these uh, exclusives, but we'll talk more about that later on. Um, next up, the Force is definitely strong with this guy. He was summoned by Lord Vader himself and brought halfway across the galaxy just to solve a Rubrics cube. <laughs> it's, of course, the rowdy guy. How you doing, man? You all right? I'm all right. Yeah, I, I, I was thinking, like, who's it going to be? Who's it going to be? But I heard the Rubik's Cube, and I was like, yep, I know who that is. Yeah, It did look like a Rubik's Cube. You, could, you, can't, you, you can't say anything else about that. But, but yeah, nice intro. I like it. You, you're, you're good? You're good? Yeah, I'm all right. I'm all right. You know, uh, it's been a bit of a bit of a hectic week for me, but uh, you know, we'll, we'll get through whatever gets hit at us, and then uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. Huh? Fingers crossed, dude. Fingers crossed. Yeah, thanks, man. Next up, this guy is in full Metal Gear mode this week. He's been climbing tanks and infiltrating bases via kayak. It's the Liquid Snake. It's Nathy. How you doing, man? You all right? Spastic but elastic, as they say. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm, I'm doing fine. Yes. I've been spending a lot of time in VR this week. Yes. I don't, I don't even know what, what a simulation is anymore. Yes. It's been a busy week for all of us, I think. Like, uh, well, I think it's been a busy three weeks for all of us. Ever since the the first, it's been a, it's been nonstop crazy. I think. Yeah, it's it's like sleeping, waking up, playing VR stuff, eat while doing so, and then 
go to bed again and then it starts over. Yes, it's like Groundhog Day, but in VR, basically. <laughs> I, I, I gotta agree with that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, last but by no means least, myself, the host of the show, Mike from Virtual Reality Oasis. We've got a packed show for you today. We're gonna give you more of our hands-on impressions, having used both the Rift S and the Quest a lot for the past few weeks. Uh, some things we like, some things we don't like, uh, some maybe problems we've just discovered. We'll be talking more about that later on. We're gonna be talking about the new stealth game from End Dreams, where you're basically Solid Snake in a boat. It's called Phantom Cover Ops, and it looks totally badass. So looking forward to talking about that. Zim's gonna give you the lowdown on the latest releases to look forward to next week. Some excellent games coming next week, so you definitely don't wanna miss that. And then finally, back by popular demand is Rowdy, giving us a Rowdy science lesson about why <laughs> audio is so important in virtual reality. But of course, first up, let's find out what everyone's been playing in VR this week and the highlight of the week. And first up to the plate is Zim Top 5. Normally, I talk about games, but my favorite game of all is opening new VR equipment. So my mm. highlight of the week has to be the fact that I've gone through now over the last week opening a quest, opening another quest, opening a Rift S, and actually I have to give, you know, take my hat off to Oculus for the way that they presented the boxes. Like, like I don't know if anyone else appreciates box art, but for years, when it came, like, when I'd, I'd open my an N64 game or something like that, I remember still getting, like, Zelda Ocarina of Time and having, like, a golden game cartridge or something and just being, like, so overwhelmed with excitement. And, like, these boxes, for some reason, the way they did the kind of, chrome, the kind of chromatic um, gradient with the, the headsets and the lighting on the headsets... Oh man, it's so good. And just opening the boxes and I just want to keep the boxes like pristine and like in good condition because I had a I had a problem when I opened my PSVR, I was a little bit excited oh. and I, I tore the box. Um, oh. And it's like, I was being so careful, but still I tore it. And thankfully for this one, I didn't. So anyway, lovely boxes. I had such a good time for people who watch my streams. They know, I mean, it takes me a good three hours or so to like unbox a product, but we do it in a real kind of svelte way. Very zim-like. I've, I've seen them. After 45 minutes, you were still looking at the box like. <laughs> <laughs> wow. What can I say? I'm a ladies man. You know, can't go too quick. So, uh, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I, I just had so much fun unboxing, even the cable ties, the way you opened the cables, like, ah, oh, just was so good. So good job, Oculus. I didn't have a smell problem like I did back in the DK2 days where like foam, you know, makes you want to pass out or whatever. So <laughs> my game of the week was, was taking, was undressing these new VR headsets. So just interesting, before we move on, what have you been playing on your Rift S this week or have you not had chance to play much? Um, yeah. yeah, I actually, so I don't know what I did. I did took a quick trip down to London and I did something to my neck. So my neck's been kind of really bothering me recently. So yesterday I just kind of, I, I toyed with a few things on the Rift S, just some basic things like Autica and Beat Saber just to kind of benchmark and see. Mm -hmm. um, and I was, I was really, and we'll go into this a little bit more later, but there sure. are some things that I recognized which I'll save for later. Um, yeah. That, like, comparing to my experience at PAX and comparing to my experience at home, uh, yeah. and this is the same for the Quest, certain characteristics stand out, and you go, wow, I didn't know that was a thing, like, for good or bad. So yeah. I had some time with it, about a day with my Rift S. Um, but other than that, um, I don't know. I just love both headsets. They both are just, they're, they're warming my heart at the moment. 
Okay, well, I'll look forward to talking more about that later on then. Uh, what about you then, Rowdy? What have you been playing this week and you want to highlight? Yeah, my, I think my highlight is going to be uh, it's going to be Star Wars. Uh, I've been, <laughs> like, also on the podcast that we talked about it, I've been a little bit skeptical about it because I was like, I, you know, they, they're going to deliver an experience. Um, how much of that experience is going to be a game and how much of that experience is going to be more like a, watching a movie? Mm-hmm. Um, but I have to say, like... Like I, I actually had a thought about this, and I, I'm honestly thinking that it's the best VR experience that I have had mm-hmm. in virtual reality in general. No spoilers yeah, now. I haven't finished it yet. No, I, I, I won't spoil anything. Right. Uh, but the way that they um, use the environment mm-hmm. is amazing throughout the entire game. Um, you only have like everyone has like a, a very small office space unless you go abroad, like outside with your with your quest or something but you have such a small space that you can like walk around in usually and that the way that they use that small space is just amazing i think they, they start you off in that in that cockpit mm-hmm. and you literally feel like you're in that cockpit you have those tie fighters flying over you have asteroids that are blowing up and stuff like that so the, the use of that kind of scale is so awesome you don't feel like you're in that small office anymore you literally feel like you are in a spaceship, going through space, uh, no loading screens. I've not seen a single loading screen, mm-hmm. but they use it really, really smart. By, for example, when you when you land on on Mustafar in the beginning, um, you go through this like cloud of like you know like like mm-hmm. dust and, and and atmosphere and all that kind of stuff. You go through that, and that is basically, I think, their loading screen. And then you get punched sometimes. You know, you go black out and you, you lose your eyesight for just a moment. That, and that's the way that they handle their, their loading screens. And I think that's just amazing how they do that. Because it doesn't drag you out of the experience. It keeps you into that yeah. experience of being immersed. Uh, and I think a lot of creators can learn a lot from this kind of stuff that you don't need um, to do all these kind of crazy things. But if you can keep a player being immersed throughout an entire game or throughout an entire experience without the loading screen, uh, using space in such a small, smart way, because you also have very narrow hallways, you have very large open spaces, and all of that feels just very natural and very well placed. And none of it feels like, oh, they, they're trying to keep me here. They're trying to like, mm-hmm. you know, make sure that I don't move past that border. It's it's very smart how they do it. Like just yeah, in general. <laughs> I can... I, 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 absolutely. I think you know, it's my highlight of the week as well really you know i, I yeah. played it as soon as i could and and like you i was blown away by how well it was done mm-hmm. and i think what they do so well in this game that very few vr games can do well is uh, an ai character that you actually feel a connection with and yeah. the the only other game that has done that as well before mm-hmm. is lone echo yeah. lone echo exactly but i even place it higher than lone echo just because of um, i mean i'm a huge lone echo fan my favorite game, flat out. But I think this just tops it, even though it's shorter, but mm-hmm. it's so well polished and they use space even better than they do in Lone Echo. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I, I, I think I, the I other great really... thing about it is because obviously everyone knows Star Wars, everyone loves the Star Wars movies. And this is a, a like a, a standalone story that is part of the wider Star Wars universe and is actually treated as mm-hmm. uh, a canon part of the universe as well so it's not like a story that's disregarded it's actually part of the the proper series yeah. uh, and you and without spoiling anything you do see uh parts that you're like oh wow i never expected to see this no uh, this yeah. this is this is amazing this is actually part of the story uh, yeah. and then of course you know you get to wield a lightsaber 
and that moment where you pick it up and you just fire it out for the first time, you're like, it's... holy crap, I have been waiting like how many years since yeah. buying a VR headset for this moment, and it's as satisfying as you would imagine it to be. And then they, they do that really well as well, just how the lightsaber feels and mm -hmm. like how you wield it, for example, with like deflecting bullets. It literally, because I've, I've seen you play it as well, Mike, you were totally, I mean, I went, I went even a step further by role playing because I just couldn't do anything else with this game than to role play it. But I, when you were like wielding the lightsaber, I was laughing so hard that you were like, <laughs> well, that's right. Like holding it in like certain stances because you automatically start doing it as soon as you hold it because you're like, this is what I wanted to do with yeah. this for a long time already. And it's so smart because you can grab it with one hand, of course, and just wave it around. But when you naturally grab the hilt, now I know what it's called. Thank you, Zim. Um, your hands attach like they do, like they should. So you can hold mm. it with both hands, which yeah. is super smart. Yeah. It's it's amazing also how easy uh, it is to to learn playing playing this cinematic experience. Mm -hmm. Like the the way it guides new people into VR is is, is great too. So yep. everyone can have fun in in uh, Star Wars Vader Immortal. Uh, yeah, it's it's not hard to play. You don't need to be good at it. You know, it's 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 something that everyone can uh, you know succeed at basically. Yeah. And and also, like, if you're a newcomer, you could be brand new. It's got so many comfort options and settings, you know, oh, yeah. so, you yeah. know, if you want blinders on, if you want snap rotation, if you want teleport, they're all there in the menu, so yes. you can make it as comfortable as possible. You can even skip intense parts of the game if you really feel that bad. I turned you know? all of that off, though. I yeah, of course, of like course. The full, the full on experience, and uh, I have to say, it was, I, did, I didn't become uncomfortable a single time. But it, 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 it just it just nails the, the fact that, as Rowdy said, like you feel like you're going to role play it. You feel like you are a character in that world, and you feel like uh, the, the, the characters you hang around with are your friends. And that's what you want. You want to feel that, that, that connection, connection. That, that, that interaction you have, you know? And if, yeah. if, you, can, if you can pull that off in VR, it, it's yeah. next level. And I had the same thing, you know, I, I was like, hmm, I'm going to play it. But I was like, wait a second, I'm just going to grab my Star-Lord jacket. I feel like a real smuggler here. I feel yeah. like this badass, funky, crazy dude that doesn't really know anything, but just, you know, yeah, I don't know. Everyone, I, like, since the character doesn't speak, like the main protagonist, you, mm. you can you can decide who you want to be. It, it doesn't really also try to force you to be something no you can just be this is, uh, that's what i find so great about it you can yeah. you could portray yeah. your own kind of character yeah. on it and not yeah. only because we're going to talk about sound later on and hearing in vr but if there's one game that does it very very well beside moss it's vader immortal as well because the yeah. sound and and the way that reverberations work and like open spaces and small spaces yeah. no. and 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 yeah. just the music in general. I mean, Star Wars is famous for that kind of stuff, yeah. but they really yeah. they really do it well in order to provide a full immersive experience in this game. Yeah, and I think you know it's the number one selling app on the Quest right now. Uh, it's around forty five minutes to an hour, maybe at a stretch. Um, yeah. But there is a lot of replayability because there is a dojo there where you can hone your lightsaber skills, yeah. and there's unlockable items which are worth playing for. Uh, I won't spoil anything. Uh, to be honest, I just feel bad for Rift owners right now <laughs> because, <laughs> yes. um, in my opinion, this, sh this should have been a, a, a cross-launch. You know, it should have launched on Quest and Rift at the uh, same time because so many people out there got their Rift S this mm. week, and, and you know, some people bought it as maybe a you know a 1.5 upgrade or whatever one you call it, side grade, whatever mm. you want to say. Um, but it would have been nice of oh. them to have something fresh and new to play with their shiny new device that they've just sunk 
400 bucks on yeah. and then to to, to 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 make that decision say you've decided right okay i'm going to go for the rift s because i've got a capable pc mm. which is the smart decision to make in my opinion um and then you get it and then you're looking on with envy at people that bought yeah. a quest that's a sour pill to swallow um so i do feel bad for rift owners but i do know it's coming to rift soon when we don't know but um yeah, it's just a, a bit even, of a shame. Even even better, they should have just bundled it with the Rift Rift S and just put Darth Vader on the front of the box and sell it. Maybe. But yeah. I, I think a lot of that has to do as well with like, you know, do the developers want to do that? You know, mm -hmm. to they might make more money if they uh, they actually brand it like a, like a separate title. And also mm -hmm. I think that there's a reason why it's bond it's, it's coming with Quest and not with Rift S. Mm -hmm. uh, because I, th I think the future episodes will probably not be launched first on Quest, but rather I, like at the same time. I, I, I do I do think like having exclusives uh, in the in the Quest you know area and the Rift S is not a bad thing, but in this case communication is key. Yeah, I agree. And oh, the thing is, like as much as I enjoyed it, as soon as I, and I there was no point during the game that I thought, oh, this doesn't look good because it does look great on the Quest. But afterwards, I was like. I can't wait to play this again and compare on the Rift. On the yeah, Rift if, if you look at the trailer that they released for the game, it looks even so oh, much more beautiful on there. Yeah, yeah it <laughs> like does. It's, it's, it's insane almost how good yeah. it looks on the trailer. I'm it's definitely like looking forward to seeing it on S as well, but I wonder if you guys, the same thing struck you. Like when I first got into the game, not to be the dissenting voice here, but uh, the, the AI robot companion that you've got, like I didn't find the matching between the AI robot and the uh, the model to to to, to co coalesce enough to convince me that it wasn't just a person in a recording studio. Like they uh, stood apart to me. I, like, I felt the complete opposite because yeah, I don't know, well. like in, um, is it Solo? There is a, a female droid in that, which is uh, yeah, Lan Lando's, Lando's yeah. droid. And it kind of reminded me of hers and similar sort of personality as well. So I, I immediately gelled with her. And then um, there was a moment on the ship right near the beginning. And I won't, it doesn't really spoil anything, but she does a hand gesture like this. She's trying to explain a story to you. And she says, yeah. this is dangerous. This is deadly. Together, mm. it's going to kill you or something like this and puts her fingers together like this. And I was like, yeah, that that, that must have been mocap or something like that. Uh, the but, I, I, I agree. Came across the, so the, well. The animations, the animations are are well done, and I think because the animations are so good, it matches with the voice. If they mm. screwed up the animation, then I would have been like, hmm, I don't know about this. It doesn't seem to be alive at all. But I, it for me, it felt like this was an actual. Yeah, but in, in Zim's defense, um, you're not the first person to mention it. Uh, there was someone, a couple of people in my comments, actually, that also mentioned a similar thing. So I think it's just one of those things. It was also like, one of those things where, like, at the beginning, you know, like, at the beginning, I was like, okay, maybe not sold, like, straight off the bat. And then, like you said, as the animations start coming through, as you're walking through the cabin and things start to happen, then it gets better. But mm -hmm. I don't know if it's enough to stitch the two together for me. And the problem is I do a lot of call listening and stuff like that. So, you know, having studio yeah. artists, like like if it's not paired to the point where it's convincing, and maybe it's because it's a kind of a UK accent is why I'm picking on it. But it, what it, are you trying to say? That. <laughs> it's just or, that I'm familiar with UK accents. Yeah. That's the thing. That's yeah, what yeah, I'm yeah. usually listening yeah. to. Yeah. That's yeah. maybe or, why. Or the introduction could have been better in a way because it does start very abruptly and 
Maybe it but could I, have started up in a. I, I love thing. it because the the reason why I like that so much. I I love it how we defer on this as well. Mm. Um, the reason why I like it so much is because you get thrown into the story. The story was already going on before you came Fair along, enough. and I I like that because there's a I lot like of it. references. I agree. Back to like uh you know like for example you pick up an item and you oh do you remember what happened? Mm. No, it isn't this in this place. Like you, you immediately get like the impression that these two have been together for quite a while, you know, they've been in yeah. prison together and they keep on picking up on that throughout the entire experience. And that is also what makes that, like that connection that you immediately feel that should be there, that is there for me. Can, yeah. can I ask one silly question here? It, has, has Vader got shoulder pads on? Because he's got a wider shoulders than I remember him having in the movies. And it's like, whoa, dude. <laughs> the thing is, you know, Vader is a huge character, right? Yeah. He's huge, yeah. but you've never, stood face to face with him before and yeah. and when you do you're actually looking up at him because he is so freaking huge and that is where they use scale so well like vader's castle is huge uh -huh. but also vader himself is very overbearing yeah. and you get that sense of dread when he's around yeah. which is I, amazing. I just looked him up his, his his true size is one meters 90 so he's oh he's not a small dude yeah, I, I was, I was, I was actually looking over him. I was like, "Hey, hey, dude, I'm from Holland. What, what's up, man? Hey, hey, want to fight? Come on!" As Nathie keeps on saying, "I'm an Ewok," so you know, I was like yeah. looking at his knees. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's. <laughs> but um, enough of us gushing about Vader Immortal. Um, it is awesome. Well worth checking out if you've got a quest. Uh, we'll be coming soon to Rift uh, as well. Um, but let us know also what you played in the chat, and then we'll pass it over to Nathy uh, to find out what your highlight of the week was. There, there, there would be a, a good side story though, like an Ewok infiltrates into uh, Vader's fortress. <laughs> yeah, and... it's, it's my story. It's my it's my story. My yes, yes. Yeah. That that shows that that everyone can you know reach. Yeah. Can reach to the stars. Exactly. No matter how small and furry you are. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So I, yeah, I played so much. I actually had to, you know, uh, uh, put my channel up so I can see what I did. Uh, so I, I played, uh, of course, also Vader Immortal, uh, Robo Recall, uh, Job Simulator, and uh, Phantom Two. Um, and today I. Um, I went uh, to to my family to uh, play some some multiplayer stuff because I got two Oculus quests. So I uh, jumped into uh, Rec Room a bit. Uh, I played VR cards, um, dropped that as well. Um, yeah, super fun. It's it's just great to to be playing multiplayer stuff. I I still think that uh, for me Rec Room is a highlight. Uh, last night I was bored. I was like, I'm just gonna grab my quest. And I'm just gonna sit on my couch and hang out with uh with with my friends you know and that's that's so cool you can just take it with you play wherever you want i know this just never gets old but it's it's like that that moment of freedom i'm like hey i can play here i can play there yeah. like the setup didn't take that long today either when i you know uh, i wanted to play with my family uh, i was just sitting at a desk and my uh, uh, my nephew was sitting on the other side we were just you know playing together we were playing vr cards and and doing parkouring on rec room and and he was like he was completely mind blown by by rec room by the way because he's a big nintendo fan and rec room has that vibe of you yeah. know so he was like wow and he's like oh can you do this too and that i said like yeah you can build your own worlds and share it with people and, and do whatever you want i said like just jump into the rec center and tell me tell me what you think and i was hoping that there were no trolls in there or you know you know what happens right but he was like laughing he's like what is this he said like all these people like they look you know alive they're actual 
people um, mm -hmm. because that's what they do so well in Rec Room, right? Yeah. Like the faces and everything, it just it just makes sense. So we had fun. I said, like, wave at people. He's like, oh, they're waving back. It's like, <laughs> it's just, you know, the, 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 it's not his first time in VR, but the first time playing multiplayer. Yeah. And um, I, think, I think multiplayer is beautiful. You know, it, it brings people together. So yeah. Rec Room for me was a highlight once again. Um, although I do have to say that um, Job Simulator, you know, they, they nailed it. It works great. It's exactly the same, yeah. same game. Um, I do Just wish they. Environment. Yes, well, in real life, maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was sitting on a toilet this time playing Job Simulator. It's totally uh, no. <laughs> but maybe <laughs> but, uh, you, the point you were making there, like, is really, really cool. It's something that dawned on me this week: is you can have LAN parties with VR now. You can literally have yeah. bring your own device, right? You yeah. can have mm -hmm. people five, six quests, and you could have a paintball match in Rec Room together and co-located yes. in the same spot, because mm -hmm. you don't have conflicts between the headsets. And no. the tracking methods like you did with others and you can no. literally play in quite a small area together and 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 i like i i think the quest is so consumer friendly that i do trust people to just have it for a while i i told my nephew as well said like listen if i'm you know on the road um and i'm not using my quest you can have it for a while and mm -hmm. i think it's just fine because yeah. they know how it works and also, um, well, it's a device that you can loan out so easy because you just give him one back, and uh, that is it. Yeah, that is it. So you it's press a button. So my highlight is basically that the quest is a very shareable experience. And and also like um, talking about Rec Room and Nathy because um, <laughs> if you ever go into Rec Room and you see Nathy, it is like. It is like Beyonce has appeared somewhere on the streets in LA. Like there is a swarm of people around him. <laughs> he, he is like a megastar in, in Rec Room. It I is can tell hilarious you, to watch. I, I can tell you yesterday, I wanted to give a big party. I was like, I'm just gonna invite all of my friends. So I, I was in this community room with this big mansion on top with a hot, like a, a hot top and all kinds of stuff. It was like, it was still Maybe Christmas like there. Hefner in Rec Room. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh yeah, yeah, Playboy Mansion, that would be amazing. But then I was like, I'm just gonna invite everyone. But then my, my quest crashed because like, let's say there if there are people. like 10 people in there, okay. But then there were some other people that were also on quest with me. They said like, hmm, it starts to get a little laggy right now. I said like, well, see you on the other side <laughs> and then it just completely crashed but imagine you're standing on this mansion yeah. you hit that uh, like invite system and you see all these people like spawning in and run making their way to the to the mountaintop it's it's so cool like i for me multiplayer is it's so easy to join up with all these people that i would never be able to maybe even meet in real life um mm. and I think that's that's just great. So yeah, multiplayer awesome. all the way. I love it. Awesome, awesome. What about the chat? Any any good good suggestions in the chat? Anyone else playing Vader or yeah, any other cool I've games? Seen, I've seen indeed Vader Immortal, Beat Saber, Journey of the Gods. That was a VR bug who played that. Uh, I've seen Shadow Point, uh, Paradise DK, mm -hmm. uh, Water UK played Elite Dangerous, Project Cars 2 on the Pimax. You didn't play anything on the Quest because it was stolen by the Courier. Oh no. Oh. <laughs> okay. Well, I, hope, I hope you get that resolved quickly. That's uh, a nightmare. 
Um, but let's dip in some quick news then. And first up is Project Wingman. Now, this is going to be one for you high flyers out there because uh, you might remember a few months back, Ace Combat 7 released on PC, PS4, and Xbox One. Now, the PSVR version of the game had an exclusive uh, amount of VR missions, and you know we got to try them out. Uh, I thought they were really cool. It was the first time for me using a HOTAS setup uh, with the PSVR with a flight simulator, and I just absolutely loved it. I thought it was an amazing experience, couldn't recommend it enough. But of course, a lot of people on PC uh, were super disappointed that the PC version didn't have the VR missions, and it doesn't look like they'll ever come, or you know, or maybe they'll be a timed exclusive, but who knows? Uh, I wouldn't count on it. No. But since then, um, a lot of pe people have been asking me to play like DCS World and stuff like that, and uh, I do like like the look of it, but it's like a slippery slope getting into something very addictive, very expensive, and very time-consuming. So uh, I'm still pulling it off, but I might go and try that out in the future. But um, something that you might be interested in, if you like the look of uh, Ace Combat 7 and you're a PC uh, VR player, uh, is this uh, new game coming soon called Project Wingman. Now, it's uh, just like Ace Combat. It's more arcadey than it is like a, a full-on sim, uh, but it looks like a lot of fun. It has the same aesthetic, same sort of style to it, uh, if you will. It's a 2D game, but has got a, a VR mode as well, and uh, it's now on Steam, so you can wishlist it. Uh, it doesn't have a release date just yet. Um, but this actually started life as a Kickstarter campaign. Um, it did uh, pretty well. It raised uh, 100 thousand Australian dollars and was successfully funded. Um, they originally projected it to be released around May this year, so around about now. But the devs recently have updated the Kickstarter and said, look, you know, we were very optimistic about our release schedule. More likely it's going to be later on in the year because we've encountered a lot of bugs and we still want to polish the game and make it super nice for when it releases. Um, so yeah, I just kind of wanted to throw this one out there. Zim was the one that kind of highlighted it to me because I know Zim's kind of a fan of these sort of games. Um, and when I checked out the trailer, I was like, actually, yeah, this looks pretty badass. Looks like Ace Combat and uh, PC players mm. that maybe were gutted about missing out on that one will I'd, be interested okay. in this I'd one. actually, so I, at the time, um, I, I remember I'd given the news and the releases um, as as kind of a mistake, to be honest, because I'd, uh, I'd seen that they were going to support VR. I saw that there was an alpha demo. I went to try to play it live and was like, oh, it's only a 2D thing. We'll feck it. We're going to fire up virtual desktop and go in that way. For those of you who have tried this, you can get a sense of what the VRification will be like when you do that. I've done that with a few games like Fuel and a few other ones like that. But the thing I have to say with this game, which stood out to me like more than others, uh, first off, they do HUD right. Like they don't put loads of stuff in your face. You mm. are in the cockpit. It is arcadey, so don't expect something that's like you got to fly for 10 minutes or whatever. You know, you, you fly for, for a minute and a half and then you're there at your target. You do a couple of passes trying to blow some stuff up. The thing that stood out to me was the wind, uh, or so the, the rain drops on the window. Oh, yeah. It's so cool. When you're flying and you're inverting and all that, the raindrops uh, react correctly. And the kind of physics of the raindrops like screeching down the glass and the way it occludes some of your view. Man, I, I can't wait for this. Wingman, I... I I've just been dying. I've been just watching Twitter like constantly with uh, whatever his name is, um, RVD2, I think is his name, mm -hmm. the dev behind it. But uh, for, for, for a small team project, this is like, it looks bloody savage. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Nice. I, I, yeah. If I look at some of like the moves that like the uh, the pilots are doing, I do think you need quite a stomach though to like be playing oh, this yeah. kind of stuff. <laughs> Yeah, well, that was the same with Ace Combat. You know, you were doing yeah. barrel rolls and stuff like that. People were saying they played it and they just couldn't stomach it, and that's that's understandable because it's a very intense yeah. experience. And and you need the skills too to actually, 
you know, fly that plane and just like a real life. But no, the yeah. the other thing that's really important, like for people who got a Rift S, as you said, Mike, I mean, it's been a little bit of a disappointing launch for them because it's like you don't have that much to play. But with stuff like this coming out, this is another game, just like a set of Corsa is for driving. You need horizon detail. And with a, yep. with a screen like what you've got on Rift S, finally yep. you get that payoff of like, this is the kind of game where you can really reap that additional resolution and, and that comfort at, at distance. Hmm. Yeah, without oh. doubt. Go on, go on, anything. So according to the chat, Recycled says that the special edition of the Thrustmaster uh, Hotas for Ace Combat 7 is only 79 bucks on Amazon. Yeah, and and we um, we got one right. Uh, I got one. I think you got one as well, Nathy. First Hotas I've ever had. Super yes. easy to use, <laughs> and it does add to the immersion because you feel that one-to-one -one movement and responsiveness when you're playing. It's super nice. Like you know, I'm not really a sim guy. You know, I know Zim's dragged me into like races sometimes, and when I when I'm in it, I love it. But when I'm out of it, I'm like. Ah, just pass, you know. But when I'm in it, I love it. Yeah, <laughs> you know I mean? it like imagine that being multiplayer, and you see, oh, yeah. uh, like me flying next to you, for example, and you wave can wave it. at me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just that, just that would, just that alone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, just like Zim said, there is a demo on itch.io now. It's a uh, just 2D mode in the demo, but you can get a sense of what it's like if you're interested. It sounds so <laughs> weird. Like itch.io is usually these weird, dumbass, like indie, uh, like these funky ones. You know, these clumsy titles like, uh, I don't know, Goat Simulator was on there once. And then you have this this serious simulator on there. I love it. Yeah. Best yeah. combination ever. So yeah, definitely, if you're into to flight sort of combat games and that's your bag, definitely want to keep an eye out and put it on your wish list on Steam for the future. Uh, so next bit of news is uh, an update we had from Tripwire Interactive. This is the team behind Killing Floor Incursion and the publisher behind the promising looking sneak -em up called Aspire One, which is coming soon to PC VR headsets. Uh, they've completely revamped the locomotion system in Killing Floor Incursion to line up with this new title that they're publishing called Aspire One. Huh. Yeah, it's kind of a strange move, but I guess it kind of makes sense that they've got parity between the two titles. Uh, but apparently this new locomotion system allows anyone to use free movement and tweak it or turn it off to their desired or needed comfort zone. As part of this, they've also changed the way free movement system works in Incursion to be a full physics-based system, which replaces the previous one, which was relying on the teleport system underneath. So I don't know exactly how that what this means when you go and play this game, whether you know free mm -hmm. locomotion is going to be smoother, because I know that we've had issues playing uh, this game using free locomotion in the past, right, Nathy? Like sometimes you'd get stuck uh, on rocks and stuff like yes. this. Yes, yes. Um, so hopefully that is sort of this update has resolved that problem. Um, mm. But yeah, if you're not familiar with Aspire One, it's uh, definitely one to keep an eye on as well. This one's been on my radar for a little while, and it's kind of on my upcoming hot list uh, for PC VR titles. Uh, you're essentially a, a, a soldier remotely piloting like a deadly stealth Terminator machine. <laughs> Sweet. You know, um, and it looks totally badass. So uh, sounds like my kind of game. <laughs> yeah. Again, we don't really know when it's coming, uh, but hopefully it's coming soon. We've got all these titles that are just coming soon: Stormland, Defector, so this. Many. What does uh, respawn mean anymore? Exactly. But for all of you out there to put your minds at rest that did buy a Rift S and you're feeling a bit sad at the moment, I understand. Um, you've got these awesome titles to look forward to, and when they drop. Mm. It's going to be the other way around. The quest owners will be the envy of you. Um, well, guess who's going to try Aspire 1 ooh. at E3? Tell me more. Is it That's Rowdy? Me. <laughs> it's Rowdy, right? Rowdy, yeah. 
So I, I will be able to give you a first-hand scoop of this mysterious locomotion system that everyone will be able to use. That sounds like like magic to me. I've never. Have you ever? Have you guys ever tried a locomotion system that is for everyone? Not a free locomotion system, no. So no. intriguing, intriguing. But you know, the developers are getting better and better at making these games more comfortable to play. So, um, well, maybe, maybe maybe the Flappy Bird one. Maybe that's the only locomotion Jesus. option that everyone knows how to use. <laughs> maybe, maybe. <laughs> so, um, when you go to E3, are you going to be uh, part of the show to sort of report back your findings from stuff you tried out on the of show? Of course, floor? of course, awesome. yes. Awesome. Reporting live from E3. That's what I want to do. Live with this microphone. <laughs> yeah, you know? exactly. And yeah. then interviewing people awkwardly. Randomly. Yeah. How was that? Oh, randomly. Reality. Yeah. Hey, do you heard of every reality? Or, or getting them straight as they come out of a headset and then everyone says that everything's marvelous, regardless of what they blame. They're <laughs> yeah. just so mind blown about things. No, no the issue. It doesn't work. It was yeah. amazing. It no, was they, amazing. No, they take, they take off the headset and then we have this live connection with you, with you all, you know, sitting in the studio. And then it's like, yeah, but the resolution, you know, it's it's bad. Like, yeah. have you tried this? And then I like, here, here, try this one. Yeah. Like, Whoa, yeah, it's, this is way better. But how did you find the screen door effect? And like, what is screen door effect? <laughs> yeah, you should actually ask yeah. that stuff. What um, is your IPD? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah. Wow. So uh, let's move on then. Next bit of quick news is uh, an interesting update from the developers of Rec Room. Nathie's uh, obviously a big fan of Rec Room. Uh, the developers are uh, called Against Gravity. We've talked about them a lot on the show previously about how they've got this awesome business model. Somehow they still are able to put this game out for free. So if you've got a quest, definitely a title to download. Mm. Um, but interestingly, they're going to be uh, releasing Rec Room on mobile devices, starting with iOS, uh, with iPhone and iPad. Now, this isn't. Are we, new. are we sure that the developers are not Bethesda? Are we sure? About <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they do that. Next, I'll be like, "Hey, Google, play yeah. Rec Room." Oh, are, no, 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 no. <laughs> are we are we sure that age limit they have is going to still keep up with all these new? <laughs> no way. You it's have five-year-olds in there. You're gonna have even lower than that. No way. You know, you know how many five-year-olds, Mike, own a tablet. You know that this news is kind of good news, but, but for bad. some people, yeah. it's kind of bad. Five-year-olds own a tablet. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and it's funny because I was going to mention that because obviously, you know, if you've ever experienced Rec Room, there's a lot of kids in there. However, there is one satisfying thing: is if you go into paintball, you can absolutely destroy those noobs. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, if you hate kids. You could, it's also a good thing, yeah. you know. So. No, hang, hang on, hang on, hang on. The, the thing that I don't like about the the iOS launch and stuff like that on tablets is that there is no height. At the moment, you know, if you're a kid and you're in rec room, you are by design vertically challenged. You know, you, you show up, you're you're a munchkin, you know, or you're Mike, but you know, <laughs> one of the two. So you can generally gauge like amongst this sea of people, it's like, oh, that's an adult. Yeah. Over there, well, I'll go talk to that person. <laughs> like, it, it, it's weird that I, I, I always felt like all these different platforms are not completely balanced out because I played it on PC once, yeah. Pancake, and I used my mouse. So I just 360 no scope everyone because my mouse is still faster than your VR controller, honestly. Yeah. Like, I can, I can, True. like, it's way, Wait, like, I'm sorry, it's still the truth. We're going to get to a point where it's the other way around. But for now, my mouse is still beating someone else. Now, with with a tablet or a, a, a phone, it doesn't, I don't think that you're really that, 
you shouldn't be that concerned. But uh, I, I always felt like they, they, they still need to kind of figure out how mm. to bring these together, you know? Yeah. Fairly, uh, fairly, yeah. I never considered that before, you know, PC players having a huge advantage over the VR players. Because like, you're, you're right, you know, you could play this on a PC monitor if you want to. You don't need a VR headset to play Rec no. Room. No. Um, but yeah, they shared more about their details uh, and their plans for the future with Wired. And it, this is really interesting. Apparently, the community creation side of Rec Room is like completely booming right now, uh, with two-thirds of all time spent in the game spent in user-created rooms, which have attracted over 500,000 unique visitors. They don't even need to develop their own game anymore. No, like the community is building no, the no, game it's... around them. And, 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 and first, you know, community rooms were just, hey, I have this maker pen and I can create a house or, or, or like a tree. But now mm -hmm. it's like you can, you can make game modes. Yep. Like last night, someone invited me randomly into, into a room he made. He said, like, you got to check this out. And it was like someone made Bioshock in wow. rec room and you wow. had these floating floating uh, cities on clouds and i could just walk around and there were puzzles to to solve like these community rooms went to to the yeah, next level but it's the, this is the starting foothold of of like what a programmer gets interested mm -hmm. in you know like you start mm -hmm. off i remember getting into starcraft use map settings where you could like define your own game and you know you had triggers and and set pieces and like this is the kind of thing where in a 3d environment you're gonna you're gonna become spatially aware. You'll you'll develop something like that. You'll get latched and get a community following you. We're gonna have game developers before long budding out of this out of this soil pot. You know, so yeah. I have to thank Against Gravity for for making this model because what they've done is they've built a formula, not just great game modes that they've developed, but it's no. it's a, it's a wonderful spawning ground. I, I like I think in general we should thank every developer who opens up this 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 uh, um, you know the mods. Like Pavlov, um, of course, Rec Room, but VR Chat. There's so many titles in where you can just build your own stuff, and the community yeah. in the end makes the game. Yeah, you're right. Like the, the games that open community involvement tend to do super well, and yeah. it, that's just why you know Minecraft did so well is because people love building things and contributing yeah. and being part of a community. And if you can create that ecosystem and make it work for you, then you're onto yeah. a winner there. But uh, against Gravity, you know, we've always said like, how do they have this game for free? Well. What they're trying to do is what they're trying to do. Ignore Rowdy. What they're trying to do is so you know they're allowing creators to enable uh, you to to charge people to pay with tokens to enter some parts of their environments or rooms. You know certain rooms. Yeah. So yeah. you pay with tokens, which is their kind of in-game and... currency. And this is the funny part. Like, if you played uh, Sensor, uh, High Fidelity, and some others, they all try to nail that currency in their, mm. you know, worlds. And um, with a with a stable community that Rec Room has, they can try it out. They can pull it off. Mm. And they have been waiting for that with that for a while. It's not like it just became like that. They're just slowly working towards that goal. And I think doing it that way. Is, is smart, it's very smart. Yeah, like their the ultimate vision is for VR and AR to harmoniously work together. And obviously that's a long way off right now. You know, there's a big parity difference between VR and AR. However, by moving it to mobile and starting really early, mm. they're gonna be ready when that happens. Yeah. So I think that's super smart from from them. This, uh, this system, this monetization system seems a bit 
interesting to me. So you've on one hand, you've got an open platform that allows you to develop a game mode or something like that, like what Nathan was talking about in the showcase. And you can go into Rec Room now for free from your desktop, from VR, and go try those out. But what once you start slapping a price tag on entry, and you're like, I've created uh, Zim's Zim's campyard. You come along and you're going to camp out at Zim's and you're going to, it's going to cost you two coins. Why can't Nathy undercut me for one coin and just mirror what I've done? You know, there's no kind of copyright law. So he's just going to copy paste what I've done, develop the same thing and undercut me. So like, But only, but only Zim's backyard has the best hot dogs you know so like you know. <laughs> yeah but I, mean, like, I, I don't know how you how you'd combat yeah. that in a virtual no, I, space I, I, I get what you, I, you're saying totally but like i think what the, the cool thing is here is that the the cut of the money goes to the creator so it encourages you to spend time developing I mean, something super nice in, in a similar way they probably eventually implement the system as youtube had to implement as well because there's right. i mean we all experience this that people literally take videos from our yeah, channels yeah, yeah. download them and put them on another channel and get views and monetization off of that even more than i have at the moment <laughs> <laughs> but um uh the, the the thing is like eventually a system like that will evolve if it gets used that much or if those kind of problems arise because if that kind of stuff happens and people start complaining about it and if people start complaining about it developers will have to find a solution yeah mm -hmm. so I usually those kind of things resolve themselves so so in the end against gravity is building a civilization in vr welcome <laughs> to the future no they already do they are just working on that right now yeah, they are awesome, awesome developers. I uh, can't recommend Rec Room highly enough. If you want to sign up for Rec Room Mobile, you can. Uh, we've linked it in the description down below. So if you've got an iOS compatible device, an iPhone or a tablet, you can sign up now and check it out. They also stated in the article that Quest will eventually have platform parity with PC and PSVR and will get access to Battle Royale and the Quest Adventures hopefully soon in the future. Ah. So, so oh, good. So correction, a civilization built by five-year-olds. Yes. Welcome to the future. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the rebellion, Wade. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. So what, exactly. Have we what have we learned? Zim's sausage is the best. Like, <laughs> yes, that's, that's a summary of the story. That, that's the takeaway, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so last bit of quick news is Pavlov on the quest. Now, it seems the race to get a military multiplayer shooter on the quest has begun uh, last week on the show we were surprised about the lack of a pavlov or an onward in the quest launch lineup uh, but it seems the developer behind pavlov uh, dave vills wasn't given developer hardware up front by oculus to get what? pavlov on the quest story in, yeah in, we knew that in, in total like yeah, it's, it's super weird. He, he he talked about this on Reddit, uh, I think. Uh, I think that's where I originally found out about that. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so he had to order one himself, wait for it to be delivered. Uh, it came this week, just like everyone else's. And uh, he started working on porting Pavlov to the Quest. And within you know a day well, or two, well, he had a working build. This, this guy, this guy has made one of the best shooters in VR and is no, not getting a quest it, it, to develop that, it. It is the, the most played VR multiplayer title across the, all the, of them. The whole board, exactly. That's, yeah, but what, it, that's beating, why it's so heavy. Every the, other single multiplayer title. Yeah, but this, yeah. he, he, just bought, he just bought a quest. He shouldn't have bought one. He should have just gotten one. I, I, I totally agree, you know, but you just don't know you just don't know what goes on behind the scenes with these relationships. Well, I, you don't know I, what happened there. Well, like I, I can't even imagine. Like you, you also don't know what what um, games Oculus wants to have on the Quest. You know, shooters are 
Yeah, you know, violent too. I'm not saying that that's, I think uh, that's that a the bad voice thing. But... Steam VR title would be a good bet to have that on the Oculus Quest. But, the but other... Nathan, Nathan makes a really good point there because if you look at the shooters that are on Quest right now, you've got what uh, Super Hot, which is you know all polygonal. Uh, you've got Dead and Buried, which doesn't have any blood, I don't think, mm. or very li little. And then what? Um, what else? Like Robo, Robo Recall, which is all robots and sparks, and so yeah. maybe that is. Maybe you made a good point. Maybe that's humans. Point. You mean? Yeah, you maybe. Yeah. I don't. I don't think nothing so. that could be tied back to a terror incident happening and oh. then pinned to you know Facebook or Oculus. I mean, it it could be that. But the other thing I have to say, because I, I spoke quite well uh, last last podcast or the one before about this kind of QA system and, and kind of applauding you know Oculus for that. But I have seen some fallout since launch where devs are getting excited, they're getting interested, they're going to Oculus and saying, hey, this is the thing I'm, I want to produce, and they're getting told no. You yeah, know? No, and, and they don't get explanation, they don't get, and, and I've seen that, and it's actually kind of troubling to an extent because I don't know how clear to developers that pipeline is, is, mm. is clarified to them. You know, similar to, I would say, so for instance, if you're trying to pass an app by onto the PSVR store, there's a series of hurdles, there's a series of quality mm. requirements, um, but right. they don't seem to they, be as, let's say, hard-assed as Oculus is being right now. And I don't know if that will fade or if there is going to be something coming out to devs, but I have well, to say, for developers listening, you know, I, I feel your pain and I'm sorry you have to go through that because we want to well, play your stuff. I like yeah, in the have... chat there are a couple of people that are nuancing it a little bit though. We got Yingsin four one eight saying, to be fair, he had someone from Oculus reach out to him for weeks uh oh. and he ignored them. Also on Discord, uh Rip Fake said it's a bit more complicated story because Facebook tried to contact him. Um so maybe there is a little bit more nuance going on behind yeah, the scenes okay. that we indeed have no yeah, idea about. Yeah. Uh, I can't That's confirm fair. this this either. Okay. Maybe but the exciting thing is we got Pavlov coming to the bloody quest. I mean, that's fucking sweet. <laughs> well, just to touch on something you mentioned, Zim, before we move on, is that, um, you know, another title that I've seen fall foul of this, you know, system that uh, Oculus has implemented for quest titles is Loco Dojo from Make Real. Uh, yes. You know, it's uh, it's one of these games. It's like a, it's like Mario Party in VR, essentially. It's perfect. That's the best Best yeah. way to describe it. Uh, the Quest is like the perfect platform for it, if there ever was a perfect platform for it. Uh, they're now developing on PSVR, I believe. Um, but yeah, it's really disappointing, especially when you you know someone as passionate as yeah. Sam, who's the lead developer from that team. They got involved, told no. It, yeah, involved very heavily in the in the VR community, always talking, uh, giving talks about his experience so, in VR. James. And then they get the door shut on them. Well, yeah. why, why, why is it getting denied? Is it like the maybe the numbers that it's not pulling in enough? Uh, uh, I guess so, yeah. Down to uh, sales on Rift. But like you said, it's a different platform uh, and a different it's audience. It's a different platform, uh, which is more of a, of a niche than the Quest will probably be. So This uh, well, would I, be the, perfect the, for LAN parties. I love that game. We've had four players in it. It is so much fun. <laughs> there are some really I, wacky, wacky things going yeah. on in that game. And, <laughs> like, and Brian Blessed is a voice actor in this game. Sorry, who's Brian Blessed? I don't know who that is. Like, uh, you know, the, the, like the famous dude, Brian Blessed. Like, he's he's the uh, the sensei in the middle. Look oh. him up, Google him. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I'm sorry. You no, know sorry. what? What I what I want to say about this, like, the launch window seems to be a very serious thing for Oculus. They're dead serious about you know um, approving and disapproving things that come into the store. They don't want to have anything funky in there that that 
might not be interesting to folks or no 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 it's not a bad but, thing but I they mean, should open maybe they should open up later to a game like loco dojo and what i have said what i said before is that if they had more of a uh, side thing like oculus share had where exactly. people can at least yep. also try out new things that are maybe not for the main public that would be amazing because this way or like uh or like like some some guidelines into like you know what what does a title need to like adhere yeah. to in well, order to get published it's, or... it's just clear that that the launch window they said 50 titles it has all been moderated they came up with the idea of to have like so many shooters have so many multiplayers have this that and this yeah. to kind of you know make it the best launch ever without you know having everyone uh uh launching their their games on there yeah. like right now the let, let's be honest the launch wasn't overwhelming there's just enough for everyone at the moment of course people already get hungry right now like david told me that one of his friends said like oh well why, why aren't there any multiplayer shooters well there you go that's that's bad yeah. love coming in but it's moderated it was a moderated yeah. launch and but there think, was I no think, place for certain titles sadly i think to be fair to oculus i think the launch lineup was in my opinion pretty stellar i think they did an amazing job and i think I do agree with moderation, but it's just a shame when you see some of these titles that I wouldn't wouldn't regard as shovelware and would deserve no, to be on the no. store don't get through. And I think you know we talked about the application process. Now you've basically got to pitch your idea to Oculus, and then yes. you you get assigned an Oculus representative and you talk it through them and develop it together, basically. Um, but you know, I think I think they developed it before they knew. So the game was actually finished. I think, from what I understand, the game is fairly finished. Um, but it was at the last hurdle that they shut the door on them, and I think that's a really disappointing story to hear. But to go back to Pavlov, um, I actually tried it today, just before the show oh, on Quest, um, because you can actually sideload. Uh, the alpha version is it's an open alpha uh, the devs have put out. Uh, we've put a link to it in the description down below, by the way. So if you know how to sideload applications on your Quest, you can mm. sideload it, try it out for free. Um, I just tried it out in the shooting range. Uh, there's basically a gun rack behind you. You can choose all the different weapons, check them out on the shooting range. Um, and yeah, weapon handling felt great. Reloading felt great. So I think uh, this is going to be a lot of fun. Did you, did you come. Did, of course, it was like a small demo, but did you feel like the Quest was working overtime to make it run? Like for me, when I play Rec Room, I just noticed that, you know, the Quest is, is almost overclocking itself to make the magic happen. So it wasn't in a multiplayer environment, no, and we know true. we know yeah. from playing Go titles in multiplayer environments that that's kind of the thing that puts it under a lot of pressure and caused a lot of Go's to overheat. I've never experienced that on the Quest yet, so that would be super interesting if that happens. Mm. Um, but yeah, it was just in the shooting range, so okay. uh, no other players around. Uh, but yeah, it's a, it's a solid start. I think, you know, the lining up the sights and taking a shot, the, the shots were off, but of course this is like super, super alpha early version, so uh, you can't really complain. But no, yeah, I, I, I'm just hyped that, wasn't that you, Mike. No, no, that wasn't, that wasn't your aim? Wasn't your aim? Dude. Please. <laughs> so I, I, especially for Zim and uh, for the chat who's been uh, who's been talking about it. Uh, I looked up who Brian Blast exactly is and what movies that he plays. So okay. he's a British actor. Yeah, so you should know him. Uh, he played Flash Gordon. In, uh, he played in Flash Gordon. He didn't play Flash Gordon. Oh. He played in uh, Star Wars Episode One. Uh, he played oh. in Tarzan, uh, 1999, uh, and Alexander. Uh, and more movies but those are like the most famous movies you you'll definitely know him uh once you once you see him. He, he's yeah. like he looks like hagrid from, yeah with like from hagrid beard right yeah. oh yeah exactly he's like so... a real life hagrid <laughs> wait wait wait, wait. wait. So, so you're saying that loco dojo is a part 
of Star Wars Vader Immortal. It's like it's like a, it's like a mini game that we we haven't unlocked yet. Basically, you're you're, you're putting conspiracy theories out there. Now. <laughs> he, he basically he plays. Uh, who does he play again in uh, in Star Wars? He plays uh, that big fat dude, like the the AI character kind of thing. Uh, the um, was it the Jar Jar Binks boss or something? The fish I guy. Think he plays oh, the, fat... the fish guy. I yeah, the big the big fish one. guy. I, I think so. Yeah, that name? makes I don't sense. Know his name. Boss yeah. Nass. That's his name. That's right. Uh, uh, enough of Star the Wars. Gonga 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 King. <laughs> right. So that is uh, quick news done and dusted. Let's hand it over. Was to that me. was that quick news? Okay. Well. Yeah, that was quick was news. Very, very quick. Sorry about that. Yeah. Boom, boom, it's because you guys start talking about. <laughs> it's fun. Gungan boss kings and stuff. Yeah, why anyway. not? <laughs> releases we Go ready it, boys Zim. we ready all yes. right so um cutting over releases for this week four titles i've got a and uh, we've kept it nice and um nice and nice and varied this week so story game horror game action game and a survival game we have four for you this week so mm. uh first off uh this title is called 11 11 this one really caught my eye i thought it was very interesting and i'll tell you why so the game is very similar, in my opinion, to The Invisible Hours, which was a title that I loved mm. back in 2017. It's a multi-linear narrative experience, which means it's a story where you can jump between the characters and you also get a kind of a god mode where you can oversee the scene. Now, the actual story itself is, is quite interesting. So I'll, I'll give you a little blurb here uh, from the developers. So it says, follow six, uh, follow six main characters as they count down the last 11 minutes and 11 seconds, hence the title 1111, mm. of life on the island planet of Kairos Linnea. Their only guarantee for survival is a transport ship that will launch just before the clock hits zero, taking whoever can get on board safely to a floating arc in the sky. So this is launching for both PC VR and PSVR. Oh. Uh, the prices are a little bit different. So at the moment, it's 10 pounds... Just a, just a little bit over 10 uh, British pounds on Steam, and it's 16.99 on the PSVR platform. You've got wow. these these six different colorful characters. Um, the HUD looks uh, maybe a little bit heavy, but the story for me sounds very intriguing. Um, mm. And the trailer for those of you who are here on the video podcast um, looks 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 like an exciting story. And I didn't hear about it this. It looks one a before. bit like uh, I mean, if I had to like put like a title on it, it's like I don't know if you guys ever played like The Longest Journey or like Dreamfall chapters, like yeah, any of those games. Journey. Big yeah. fan. Yeah. Uh, it kind of remind me of those kind of things a little bit in terms of art style at least well i see like a, i see an interesting mechanic where they rewind the storyline so you like can maybe maybe you can make a mistake and then you know change it up again yeah i never played in physical hours so. oh you have to you 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 guys have to at some point i know this is going to be a very busy summer if you have not played the invisible I, hours and i say this to anybody so else good. out there it's good. such an amazing piece of theater in a presented in a way that you cannot have in a medium that's not VR. It, it's just it's incredible, and the voice acting and everything in that amazing. Mm. I mean, it was so successful. The writer's been picked up by the by the Valve team. Uh, mm. Rob Yescom has been picked up by the Valve team for secret VR projects. Like mm. and this is the guy who did Rhyme as well and Farpoint. Good stories, you know. But yes. this one has uh, sci-fi backing and is mm. is done up by the NBC Universal. Uh, development studio wow. so this awesome. has like some proper backing so for a tenner or 17 quid on uh, on psvr i'd say give it a go there you go that's the first one hmm. uh, any other thoughts lads before i move on 
Well, yeah. This one. was a horror game, right? <laughs> this is the story game. <laughs> I, okay. I have one. I, I, I'm surprised they launched it this week. I'm surprised by anyone who launches a game that is not on Quest or Rift S. Yeah. Because it's kind of, well, marketing-wise, it doesn't pop that well under all that heavy news. Yeah, it could get totally buried. Well, that's why I wanted to mention. So this is out. Uh, I didn't mention the launch date. Sorry, the 23rd of May. So this is actually already out. You can buy this now. So uh, oh, and, and Rhyme is uh, free on Epic. Right Rhyme now. is free on oh, Epic. Okay. And I need to play that, because it's meant to be really good with a really heartbreaking ending. But uh, yeah, anyway, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Next title. Shall we move on to horror? This one we've talked quite a bit about. This will be of no surprise to any of you, I'd say. Five Nights at Freddy's. Um, Help wanted. <laughs> so what a what a good uh, what a good uh, what a good subtitle for them to have picked, eh? Good old Steel Wool Studios. So, a little story game for us, uh, popping <laughs> on the twenty eighth of May. I haven't yet seen a price for it, but apparently, again, dropping both on PSVR and PCVR. They originally delayed it a week for again marketing reasons. Back to Nathie's point, <laughs> and um, this is going to include uh, the classic scenes from the original titles, including Five Nights at Freddy's. Five Nights at Freddy's 2, Five Nights at Freddy's 3, Five Nights at Freddy's 4, and Five Nights at Freddy's Sister Location, which I'd never heard of before oh. reading this text. Wow. You haven't? Everything. No. Did you know what that was? Oh. I'd never... Yeah, of course. What, what, what is it? Well, there's, like, throughout the entire Five Nights at Freddy's, there's an, an entire story, like, that's been going on. If you guys are interested <laughs> in it, you should watch um, uh, the... Uh, how, how is it called again? Uh, Game Theory. He uh, delved into the story like oh, that is going on behind oh. the scenes there. It's very complicated of like you know what exactly happened now in all the cutscenes and all that kind of stuff. It's uh, so, so basically they're going to make a, a trilogy movie, you know, going deep into this like deep story. It's a bit like <laughs> it's a bit like Lord of the Rings, but in, in around you know, a fast food establishment. <laughs> as, 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 as long as as long as it's not going to be uh, Slenderman on Netflix, uh, uh, then I'm I'm fine. I, I, I just want to see a feature. If they're going to make a feature film, I want somebody, because I used to do this at, at Chuck E. Cheese's, which is a big, you know, it's an American establishment, kind of similar to what yeah. Five Nights at Freddy's is based on, with all the animatronic puppets, is you go in and you get your, you know, your free cup for soda or whatever, and you just go, you go orange soda, you go 7-Up, you go Pepsi, whatever, and you just mix it all, and then you drink that. That is like this special elixir. It is the secret to life. That's basically how they make G4. G fuel. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. Mo moving on to the uh, moving on to our action title, and I don't think there's a title out there that is gonna that is gonna best this when it comes to action. Mm -hmm. I I think this is absolutely kick-ass. Mike knows what I'm about to say. Blood and Truth on PSVR. This is a PSVR exclusive. Ooh. Thirty quid uh, is what you're gonna pay for this. But my God, the mocap, the animations, everything. So Sony wants you to be the action hero, right? You take on a ruthless criminal empire to save your family in the spectacular PlayStation VR action thriller. Uh, the London studio described the game as a love letter to classic Cockney gangster movies and took inspiration from other Hollywood blockbusters, obviously their earlier dabs into uh, VR action that we've seen as well. You play as a soldier called Ryan Marks. And um, and it's it's a game that's full of you know epic gunplay, explosive set pieces. 
a little bit of an on-rails shooter, so I'm expecting it to be uh, somewhat a uh, somewhat an action title that's quite simplified. But I think the story is going to be something there to uh, to write home about. Um, the only thing that in there that I uh, saw in the description that maybe made me go huh eh, a little bit was <laughs> to move in the game. Players only need to look at a spot and press a button, but you are able to uh, use the move controllers and things like that. So wreaking havoc against countless. Arm it's types. like how John Wick should have looked. It right? does look, yeah, absolutely. That John Wick game, you know, but this, this the production value behind this is absolutely superb. You, oh. There are some behind the scenes uh, trailers and things like that that I haven't shown today uh, that you should take a look at, as I said, about the mocap, about the size of the production studio in London that, that has been creating this. It looks really authentic. The movement, uh, as I said, for those who aren't watching the video, the movement of the characters, go look up a trailer. This thing sells yeah. itself. They uh, had a good reason for PSVR. Yeah, so yep. solid. Yeah. They uh, they showed off a gameplay yesterday on PlayStation UK, so uh, that's also something to maybe uh, uh, watch. Yeah, you can nice. You can you can tell they're gunning. I mean, I love when Sony Sony gun for it, but they are gunning for for sweeping in more people who maybe haven't played PlayStation because you can imagine the lads who are going to see this and go, "Fucking hey, I want to play that. Like, <laughs> I want to be the hero." You know, looks good. It looks it looks badass. Like, I'm yeah. so hyped for this game. Like, the, the the way like people like I've 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 seen the gameplay yesterday. Like the the way you open doors, you sneak through places. It it, it looks super realistic. Mm. And it's PlayStation VR, so I, I can't wait. I, I, like the characters and the fluidity of it, it does. It looks like one of those gangster, like the Cockney gangster films. It's um, it's it's funny. Like yesterday when I watched that that commentary gameplay, um, someone was watching while the person was playing, and then she said, um, "You look like as much, like you look as realistic as the person you are playing with in VR right now." That's crazy. <laughs> Yes. Nice. That's nice. But yeah, but yeah, if it's got references to like Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels, and like Snatch, which are classic UK so, yeah. British uh, gangster movies, then I'm so, so looking forward to this. What was the What was the film? You guys have to remind me because this was an excellent film. I caught on a plane heading to um, San Jose the other uh, last summer. Was uh, Was with the Cray Brothers? What's that film called? Uh, do you know what I'm talking about? Your man uh, who's 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 starring in it is. Oh yeah. Um, he, he, he plays. He plays both the brothers. He plays both the brothers, and he does a bloody amazing Tom, job. Tom Hardy. He plays Tom Hardy. both the brothers. So look up. Uh, I don't remember the uh, legend. 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 Grace. Fucking. Yeah, he plays film. both Cray brothers, and it's. Uh, uh, okay. You have to see Good that. Movie. Like in the run up to playing this, watch that film. You will. Well, you will I'm, I'm a huge Tom Hardy fan. Yeah. Legend. That is a great. Okay. Last one, and this is my favorite of the list. Why? Because it's underwater. You guys know I love Subnautica. So uh, <laughs> when I saw this one drop uh, by Archiac, uh I had to get excited. It was uh, it was the kind of thing that uh, definitely got me got my blood pumping. So this is Free Diver Triton Down, which when mm. you first see it, I think you just remember scenes from Titanic when Jack and uh, whatever that lady's name, uh, <laughs> Kate, Kate Winslet's character, um, when 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 they were drowning in the Titanic. So. This is a game uh, which reminds me, this is a survival game essentially, and, and it, it reminds me um, so uh, so intently of certain parts of Subnautica, but the, the, the visual fidelity of the game is amazing. It's kind of got an escape room side to it as well, because you're, you're having to manage uh, you know, the most precious resource, which is the breath in your lungs. You know, you're 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 submerged underwater. You're you're diving between different rooms. You're trying to sort out puzzles. It's like 
all these films that we've seen before. And there are a few escape room puzzles out there that are like this. And they, they, they have like, you know, water rising in the room. And I have to say, having played them, there's a weird, there's a weird sense that you get when you play these games. Uh, one of the things I did to help kind of increase the immersion is when I'm underwater, hold my breath. And when you're playing, I'd recommend people give it a go. It really does help, like, add value to the immersion as you're underwater and, and, and floating around or whatever. Because um, then you start mm. to feel that panic of, like, I really need to take a breath. And you're underwater <laughs> and you're playing this game. So just to give you a little bit of backstory then you're on this. you die in real life, too. So it's you're so so immersive. So immersive like... when you just turn blue and fall over. <laughs> So let me give you a little bit of background. So it's a single-player experience. This isn't a multiplayer game. Um, and you play as... So Ren uh, Tanaka is a freediver capable of swimming to incredible depths without the use of scuba gear. And obviously there's people like that who exist in real life. A close call on her last dive has kept her landlocked. But when her mentor, Dr. Lindholm, claims to have made a stunning discovery in an underwater cavern, Ren decides to return to the deep. Uh, plunge into VR on a capsizing research ship, the Triton, hence the title Triton Down, uh, where survival means outmaneuvering at uh, the water's lethal surge. Overcome mm. underwater chaos and unlock your path to the surface, all the while protecting oxygen. Why doesn't she use an oxygen tank? Yeah, well, I guess it wasn't planned that the you know, ship was going to go down. Why doesn't she just ride a shark on the water? Yeah, it should be. Yeah. <laughs> like a mechlodon. <laughs> this is definitely not the story game. <laughs> I'm really looking forward to trying this one out, actually, because... Um, you know, we'll be talking more about this later on, of course, uh, why. But, uh, you know, there's a lack of PCVR titles coming out and stuff like that. I saw this and it looks super polished. And I was like, this nice. looks like a lot of fun. And although I wasn't a huge fan of Archiac's uh, original game, which was Evasion, it was a shooter, a sci-fi shooter. Mm. Oh, yeah, Evasion. Um, I wasn't a big yeah. fan of that game. However, this one does look really good. So I'm looking forward to trying that out this week. So hopefully we'll talk about it on next week's show. Imagine those mechanics you see in that trailer in Subnautica Zim and yeah. Rowdy. Oh, I know. I know. I, I've wished for if them. If I get hands in Subnautica, then... He's happy. Yeah, happy I just want the new Subnautica in VR. Anyway, like, we got we got No Man's Sky coming. I bought it. I'm ready. Anyway, so that's our four for this week. That was a story game, a horror game, an action, a survival. I don't know the price of Freediver Triton Down, so yeah. waiting on that, but it's landing 30th of May. Okay. Awesome. There you go. Some some amazing titles to look forward to next week. Amazing titles. Empty Very your exciting. wallets. Exactly. If, if they're not empty already. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. So let's talk about Quest and Rift S because we've all had hands-on with these devices now in some capacity, uh, some longer than others. But overall, I just kind of wanted to do a little roundtable about some things we found out with our experience with these headsets, some things that are good, maybe some tips and tricks that you could recommend, uh, and sort of just have a little chat about it, basically. Kind of informal, no structure, but let's just sort of go for it. And maybe we could talk about the Quest first because I think overall... I get the feeling generally that most people are pretty happy with everything the Quest has to offer. You know, there's some quirks, you know, in my mind, it's a little bit front heavy, uh, but it doesn't stop it from being uncomfortable. I can still play with it for hours on end, yeah. not have any issues at all. Um, mm. It's a minor quirk that I just think, well, it's just one of those things. Yeah. Um, the audio obviously is what it is, but it's a mobile device after all, I can deal with it. Um, as a quick note, um, I made my own Oculus Quest earbuds last night. Uh, this is like this wow. is how exciting my Friday nights get. Oh, oh so I know what you did. Three point five mil jack, and you did the wiring yourself. Yeah. So I, I basically had a, an old pair of 
Rift earbuds. They look identical to these uh, new Quest ones. Basically cut the wires and soldered uh, a little wire to uh, a 3.5 mil jack, and it works really well. And to be fair, it's pretty solid so far. Like, I only did it last night, so I've only had a brief bit of testing in Beat Saber. Um, but uh, next week, I'm going to be comparing those with, like, a proper pair of headphones. Oh. But the thing is, the great thing about this is, which, uh, you know, trumps headphones any uh, a pair of headphones any day, is how compact this is. Like, you could chuck that in your travel case, and you've got, you know, a really isolating yeah. audio experience there. So, uh, you know, the, the official ones are out for purchase now. Um, and on my very brief testing, I would say, if you like in-ear earphones, maybe ch- check them which out. You I shouldn't, think... Which you shouldn't. Which you shouldn't. I'll get back to that later on. <laughs> <laughs> I was yeah. going to say, Mike, uh, I don't know if you've seen these before, but, you know, a little 90 degree mm. uh, adapter for the side would help them instead of jetting out the sides like you know ears would help drop them straight down and i think that would help you out they're, they're only about a quid each exactly it's, it's funny i've been only playing with the the inbuilt audio and i'm okay. I'm, I'm totally totally okay with it mm-hmm. yeah i'm, I'm gonna retract my uh, my previous statement that the audio was like super disappointing because it turned out it was and, and i i think what's happening here uh, that that initially, what I, where I've compartmentalized it now, gone through all the different titles, uh, I'm like Nathy, totally fine with the audio on Quest, except for high volume in Beat Saber, it distorts and it sounds pretty poor. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why that is, but what I'm seeing on Reddit, and this is true on the Rift S as well, is it seems like their engineering tolerance for these units is fluctuating quite a bit. Some people are getting units that are very quiet, some are getting where it's totally fine, uh, some are getting dead pixels on their panels. I mean, it, it seems like there's quite a bit of variation and I wonder if they had to relax their engineering tolerances in order to meet the volume demand for launch. And they're like, we're just gonna take the hit and we'll you know we'll give replacement kit. Cause that that is a strategy that you can actually make when you're doing mass engineering. As you might know, Apple kind of go the other direction. So they'll, they'll manufacture 10 iPads and chuck nine of them out to make sure that every iPad in the box is, mm. you know, has, has a perfect display. Um, but if you're Oculus and you're trying to kind of meet it in the middle of cost-wise, makes sense. Mm. I haven't seen I that many that. people upset about Quest. Yeah. I've seen more people I, upset about Rift S. I, um, of course, like there's also like, again, you know, Rift S, Quest, different audience. So audio on PC has a, has yeah. a different uh, level than, I think most people are fine with the inbuilt audio I do have noticed one thing when, uh, especially on like higher volumes, or uh, if you don't seat the straps uh, properly, I sometimes get like some kind of resonance between like some of the parts, which may sound like distortion Mm -hmm. to some, uh, but it's uh, it's basically not. It's just uh, if you reseat the head straps, then Mm. that stuff actually goes away. It's like a a, like a crackle, reverberation, crackling. Yeah, but it's actually the, it's a resonance between like certain frequencies oh. set and like uh, going mm. there. I do have to say, like, I do find the the, the quest too front heavy. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I'm with you on that one because uh, I I don't know maybe it's the way that I my head is shaped or something, but I I do find it getting more uncomfortably quicker than, for example, the the general Oculus yeah. Rift. It's um, it's the I biggest it's that. the biggest downside. I I feel like yeah. it's or it hurts in your face or it hurts in your neck. It's one of the two. And, and trying to balance foam, it out in the middle, on the long doesn't periods. help with it. The foam doesn't help with it. Like I I, 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 I still got, find the foam annoying. Well, I I both like I necks. <laughs> Yeah, I don't okay. find I don't find it heavy. I find I I do think that there's like you know before where you had um uh, the sweet spot 
on like the DK2 and then even into CV1 like was was more difficult to find, mm -hmm. right? I, I kind of equate it to that where the sweet spot in terms of head balance, you can get it, but it's kind of, there's a nuance to it I've found. Like the way I prefer it is typically you sort, you're following their guidelines, right? You sort the back strap first, you lock down the sides yeah. and then the top bit you do kind of last. But yeah. if you can keep the pressure off just the base of your, the base of your face, I find the balance to be really good and I can run it three hours, no problem until the battery the dies. Starts, starts here. Here's where it starts to hurt. On the on, really on the forehead, so on the it's forehead. not really the the here that it starts I, to hurt on my face, but it's really the forehead. Yeah, I, I feel like if I it's more with the foam than the actual weight. Well, the thing is, I also tried uh, VR covers in this case, but I still kind of still have after an hour that I'm like, yeah, it doesn't it doesn't sit yeah. well, and sometimes it moves too much where I lose the sweet spot, and then you you try to put it tighter, but that actually makes it only worse. I think um, there was this one video that Remarcus did on how to, yeah, I know this sounds stupid, but how to put it on. And I watched it and there are some 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 tips he gives that are quite nice because I'm not sure if you noticed, but if you if you have a quest right now, like the front is is flexible in a way because you can tilt it a bit up and down. And that that's like the key, I feel like. If you can nail that where it's maybe um, weighing a bit on your uh, cheeks or the other way around, then you can kind of switch it. But I, I do feel like every every time I play for an hour or two hours, I'm always touching it after a while because I'm like, yeah, yeah no, it's but, not. But you, and the chat figured out why that is, uh, Nate. They just said because uh, we have a bigger brain. Nathan oh, I, oh so, that's uh, it. Yeah, of course. Of course. <laughs> okay. Of course, that's the reason why. We just couldn't work that out. Yeah. yeah. See, every that's negative why. has a positive in the end. I yeah. didn't want to say it, but <laughs> every cloud has a silver lining. So, so can I highlight another thing that I that I'm very annoyed with with the quest, and I'm sure this can be solved. So today, I took these two quests to my to my nephew, and I was locked in with the same account on both headsets, but I could still install games on both of them with my account. So I was like, I need to switch one of the two accounts to my brother's account <laughs> so we can play, right? <laughs> and I, I, like, I've been running into this issue before, so I wasn't surprised by anything, but the lack of not being able to log out in the quest sucks. Because right now, the only thing you can do is do a freaking hard reset yeah. to log out. So if you, if the moment you set it up and you're like, oh, wait, I logged in with the wrong account, you're yeah. screwed. And you need to do the whole thing again. Yeah. And I don't know why that is, but it's it's weird. Because you expect to, when you go into the into your profile, that you can at least log out or do anything. But the profile on Quest right now, there's nothing there. There's nothing yeah. to really do. And it's so, so odd. I've been like trying to Google this too, yeah. but Oculus doesn't even come up as one of the search results because they, they didn't communicate it at all. And some people are wondering yeah. how to fix that. So and a lot of people um, complained about it and John Carmack actually tweeted about it and he said that using multiple accounts is on their roadmap in the future. It is something they're aware of because a lot of people like you said, bought maybe uh, two uh, two quests, one for them, one for their, their girlfriend, their wife, their partner, to play together on the same account, but that's just not possible, right? You no. Need a separate account, so it's worth well, noting. The other thing, point. right? The other thing, if you're if you're if you're a long time player, like like I'd like to do a six hour quest show, but I can't at the moment really because if I have an account with a with with a, with a game logged into that I've played through, let's say Journey of the Gods, right? And I'm on quest number one, and I mm -hmm. want to just transition to quest number two. Right now, there's no way to do that. No. 
no, no, no. So for for me, those are like two downsides. You know, it's yeah. heavy, and and the the fact that I of course, but it's a software thing and can be fixed. But th yeah. those are the biggest annoying. I've got, I've got one. I've got one. Yeah, the oh, okay. fact that the quest this this is where it loses out to the go. The fact that the quest doesn't like the dark uh, is uh, is actually yeah, a big thing. Like I find it, I find it really. I find it like a really odd characteristic. Like it makes sense to me. The magic of the quest is wonderful. But when you're like, I just want to watch a film. And I usually like my family be asleep. And I'd be like, I just want to lie in bed. And if I fall asleep while I'm watching this thing, then that's fine. You can't have it be a pitch dark room. Um, you have to illuminate the room. Some people are looking at using things like the base stations because there's an IR sweep that's given. It gives the tracker something. So you could actually still have a dark, run a laser up in the corner, and it's like penny you in laser light for, for the night. I, I'm not really comfortable with that either. You guys know I like my little tin foil hat. But um, there are options maybe out there. I had to use like a little LED light just to kind of get just enough in the room. Mm -hmm. And the other thing that I'd say is having, like, it's weird, but for media, multimedia consumption, having two controllers um, and they're not being kind of an easy way uh, to comfortably like whoa, reset whoa, to lying whoa. position and then have the two controllers that you're kind of trying to fiddle with wait, on your wait, couch wait, or are, bed. Are you saying you want the comeback of that one remote? Uh, I love that little remote. That, I love that, that remote. That, Mike's that, just pulling it out now. Oh, that one is so pill. rare. That, <laughs> that so one good. is rare nowadays. That came yeah. with the first like, you know, uh, batch of, of Rift. They, 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 they got rid of it later on, by the way. You can still use yeah. it, though. It's, I yes, in Henry, in Henry for example, you can use it. Yeah. But so for me, that was that was probably it. So, like, I mean, I still would say mm. that if... Now, now the one thing I have to say, oh, my God, I, I ran a cool test with Oculus Rift. Uh, sorry, with the, the Oculus Quest, which is went to YouTube, checked out a 60 frames a second 4K video. The screen looks awesome. Like, it looks really good on Quest. I mean, we know it's got the better res, and so it certainly beats the go in that department. But if mm. I was to watch, you know, even just two shows of a TV series, yeah. I would still, I would still prefer, I would okay. still prefer the go, which is, mm. which is kind of. Good for me. in the chat just called the, the remote control. It is the porn remote control. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, let, let me throw some more into this arena. There are some more uh, like like uh, flaws I noticed or things that have something to do with performance, I think, is that I had a few occasions where it didn't matter what game I played, I was playing it, and then suddenly it flickered. I was in my, you know, see-through mode, and then bam, I'm back. And then it worked fine again. Super random, no idea why it happened, but sometimes I feel like it kind of needs to, you know, uh, I don't know, maybe reboot itself and because I, or it's maybe the, the speed of your controllers that it can't catch up for a second, then it's like, I'm confused. Uh, where is my boundary system? And I don't know. Did you experience any of that? This this small like out of out of like VR moment? No, I've not experienced that on either headset. I've I've okay. had it. I've had it a few times. I mean, it gets a little bit squirrely. But then again, I am the laziest person to draw a uh, boundary. I do this. I like, go like, uh, <laughs> and sometimes well, it doesn't complete. Yes. So honestly, <laughs> honestly, it became so easy that I'm also sometimes like, okay, you know what? I need to record something now. Okay, hey, oppa, and then I'm just in there, and then it works. And but actually, yeah. I, I find that the uh, you know the, okay. the standing. Uh, default, like just the, it just puts you in a, a cylinder, which isn't too wide. Yeah, it's a I nice little that. default. It's great. I it's super that. fast, easy, it's, and yeah. then it just works. It's my, it's, it's the one I spent the most time in, sadly. But, but uh, yeah, yeah. But I just wish it would um, remember the areas that I've set up better. 
Like it kind of feels like early, you know when they put uh, fingerprint readers into mobile phones like just at the beginning and they weren't great? It kind of feels like that's where we are. In other words, the system is there. It's all ready, but it's just not quite intelligent enough yet. And once it gets there, it'll be fine. But for the moment, it's just like every time I pick up the system, having to redraw my boundary is like it's starting to get annoying. Mm. So. so what about um, what about Rift S? Because there's been a lot of criticism, uh, particularly on Reddit this week, of people getting their Rift S and being disappointed in one way or another, whether it's tracking or the display or whatever. Like, I don't know, like, let's start with tracking first. Have you guys had any issues with tracking on the Rift S? Because personally, I've I, not uh, had any issues. I haven't tried the Rift S yet, so. Okay. I, I love the tracking on the Rift S. Compared to Quest, it's actually better. And I don't think people understand maybe when I say this, but I gave this analogy before, like the Quest is like having a, like an astronaut's helmet on. And if you, go any, if you go inside the astronaut's helmet, you lose your tracking or the controllers get sticky. But actually I find it quite tough to bring the controllers that close where I have a problem on Rift S. It's, they, they have a smaller, it's more like, I don't know, a Russian military helmet. I don't know <laughs> what analogy I can use. Yeah. It's so like, it's so close. So I think they really nailed the tracking. I, I've heard uh, from friends of mine who have, have uh, stocks that like you, Mike, they went through the cycle of trying it out just by like default setting and it, it being a problem, mm. tweaking their, their setup, and then it actually tracking better than uh, mm. the original Rift. So a lot of people going through that cycle as well. But for me personally, I have not had tracking problems. I'm surprised. It's just like when I was there at PAX, uh, it's like if I was, I would not be able to tell you I was not a three camera setup. I, I, I yeah. couldn't no. tell. So just to clear this up, like the criticism about tracking came mainly from VR enthusiasts. Yes. I don't think I have heard many, uh, of course, they're also not on Reddit. I don't even know where, like actual <laughs> yeah. consumers who are buying it are, you know, hanging out. Um, but I, I don't think for them this is an issue because there's nothing to compare to. And it's no secret that, you know, uh, going from a Rift to a Rift S is tricky. It's tricky yes. because there are pros and cons everywhere. Yes, agreed. And I think, you know, it was always going to happen, you know, like the people were going to be upset with it more by okay. shape. Well, it's, 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 your, it's your upgrade in the end. This is what you have to deal with if yeah. you're in the Oculus boat. Yeah, yeah. But I think, you know, for the for the most part, people were happy with the visuals. I think uh, larger IPDs seem to be more problematic than smaller IPDs, because huh. I have a low IPD. So, uh, you know, uh, my IPD is like 59, uh, around that sort Whoa. of number. Whoa. Um, and the, the sweet spot is like 64, I think, is the exact center. You know, someone <laughs> like Zim, uh, you know, but he's got the perfect oh, eyes. Oh, hey, hold on a second. There is a problem. The, the problem is uh, when, you're, when you're adjusting it, they don't show you the, the no. bloody number anymore. And so no. now it's just like I have to freaking do well, it by visuals. Oh, I want yeah. the pop-up of the yeah. 63, 64 it's the or same, whatever. It's the same on Quest. Same, same well, that's story. what I mean. It's the same yeah. on both of those headsets, which I miss. <laughs> And I have to say that the um, the the nose uh, flap, if you want to call it that, is incredibly effective. I've got a kind of a funny deformed nose. In other words, it's like off to the side, which means it's perfect for me because in VR that I can check chat and stuff. I do the nose peek thing, and that's perfect for me. But with this, I, I actually struggle because it, it's closing so much of the gap. Yeah. And it doesn't yeah. do it in a way that like pisses me off like back in the DK2 days, where it's like, oh God, something's touching my nose all the time. And that was really irritating. But Zim, uh, you, know, you know there are like very professional nose surgery uh, things uh, yeah, uh, yeah, that yeah, you can... Yeah. Uh... <laughs> but like, hey, yeah. 
<laughs> but like this this past few weeks, obviously we've been using the Quest a lot. You know, I've been using the Quest more than anything else, obviously because it's like the hottest headset right now, you know, playing the games on it, even the older ones like Robo Recall feels fresh again, it feels fun again. Yeah. And it's, it's an exciting and fun headset to use. However, yeah. now it's been like three weeks since I've been using it pretty much solidly. Uh, I'm kind of craving going back to pc uh, a little bit to explore some more pc games and that's why when like freediver you know we talked about it on releases uh, i'm really looking forward to playing that on the rift s uh, but the problem is for some reason when i went to fire up my rift s today i've just got an issue with oculus like i've never had this problem with oculus before um but basically oculus starts it like has a little spinning wheel it closes and then it does that again on loop for like so the, the starter app yeah the starter app you're having trouble with so i think i've resorted to the fact of uninstalling everything and i'm going to do a fresh install tonight hopefully that resolves the problem cool. um but when you put the, the rift s on after using the quest for such a long time you're like hey this this display does look super nice well uh, there's a lot of people who have said to me as well and i get this urge like to go back and play things it's kind of like when you get a a, a a high-end pair of headphones and you would like i want to go back and listen to like all the albums and just hear those new instruments i want to see the visuals and i can't wait to play a seto in it like i can't wait mm. to try this in in so many back catalog games and i'm just like racking my brain like what what are the best games even like something like hellblade that must look amazing mm. in uh in the rift s and another quick question, like to you guys, because it was a big issue, you know, especially when we first heard about it before getting hands on with it. Yeah. What about the refresh rate, 80 hertz? Does that is that a problem for any of you guys? Do you notice it? It performs so well. I, I I have found I have found it. If anything, it's performing better than my Rift. Mm -hmm. The only thing I'm gonna say about that is if you if you're not sure, buy one, check it out. If it's not good. Refund so refund it. That's it. Like that's 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 the nice part of refunding. I, I had so many people asking me such hard questions about Quest Rift S, and I'm like, listen, buy it, check it out, use it for those 14 days or 30 days if you're in Europe, yeah. and then just refund it or keep it. Yeah. That's yeah. that's what I usually do with the stuff. I don't know if it's any good. Just try it. You can. Yeah. It's solid advice. And that's the thing, like, you know, the Quest is such an easy headset to recommend to everyone. You know, like you can say, yeah, this is just excellent. The, the Rift S is a harder product to recommend due to its cav you know, caveats. Yeah, but the I thing would still recommend it if you don't have it. If yeah, you but... say, like, I want to have PC VR yeah, and of course. I want to buy it, then yeah, I would, but the thing, I it's the, it's it. the It's the freaking internet. Every product you look for, it's like this one guy says, like, yeah, nah, 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 nah. and then the other one's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, then you're like, you have no idea anymore. And that's the point where you're like, listen, I'm yeah. in the middle now. Just buy it, and then you will find out what you like about it and what you don't like about it. I, I think yeah. the, the, the only criticism really I have for Rift S is the audio. I think that, that is the only real flaw, in my opinion. The audio. That, yeah, because yeah. you know, when you know, with, with the quest you can understand because it's a mobile device, you take it everywhere. That's yeah. fine, I get it. Yeah. Uh, with a PC, you expect more because you've invested way more in yeah. your PC setup and everything else. You've probably got a pair of gaming headphones, you know what good audio sounds like. Yes. So when you, you use the Rift S. It doesn't sound very good. You're like, that kind of sucks. Uh, but I do know that they've reported that they are going to try and fix something. What they can fix with it, I really don't know. But it'll be I'm interesting. Really, to what I'm, I'm really curious at your guys' thoughts about the original setup because um, I had to unplug my primary monitor from the display port, replace it with the Rift S's display port configuration, and then plug my monitor into a secondary port on my 1080. And I wondered if you had a similar thing. Like, that seems to be working just fine. I didn't lose any, I had an extra port on the card. It wasn't a problem. But what, what was your findings from like the initial setup when you, when you plugged the thing in first? I had the same experience as you. Like, it was 
like just swapped the monitor display port over to HDMI and then just put the the, okay. the Rift S into display port. It's a really good point though because um, I know that Tyreal uh, tested uh, I think it was last week um, display port to HDMI adapters because there was a lot of people that maybe have a laptop that doesn't have a display port output and just has an HDMI output. Right. And and at the moment, there isn't one on the market that we can find that works, basically. Oh. Uh, I've been looking into this myself as well, because a lot, a lot of people are interested in that. Uh, we can't find it. Is? Or it, what it, is causing that? Or The, the problem is, is converting the DisplayPort signal to HDMI just doesn't work particularly well. It works well the other way around, but not yeah. that way around. Not, <laughs> not, not the full configuration, because sometimes when you do that, like you might not have a specific pin in, in one yeah. configuration versus the other. Right. So it's kind of like, um, yeah, I'm not going to give an analogy. There was yeah. another thing that I thought was really interesting, which I wasn't expecting, and it's a positive, which is at PAX, I remember very specifically um, experiencing the Rift S and thinking the color depth and the saturation wasn't good. But mm -hmm. having had it at home now for a bit, it's totally fine. I don't. I don't actually notice it being, let's say, worse off than Rift. It might even be better than Rift, which is strange. What have you guys seen in terms of saturation with the Rift S? Because you have a little bit more time with it than I've had. Personally, I think it's great. Like uh, you know, whenever I put it on, especially when you have been playing with the Quest a lot, which I have. Yeah. When I put it on today, I played a bit of Beat Saber. I was like, this does look super nice in this headset, you know. But it's running on a PC, of course. Like I'm running on a 2080 Ti. Yeah. But um, you know. It is a nice looking headset, and I think for anyone that's bought it at the price, four hundred bucks, I think it's a bargain. It's a great price. Yeah. It's, I, honestly, my my kind of summary position on it is, it is a great replacement headset for what it is. You know, it's yeah. a, and so for anyone who's, I think Nathy's idea there to 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 try these things out and then, you know, maybe swap up because you might not, you might be on the fence. Like if you've only got your four or five hundred dollars, and you're mm -hmm. like, which one do I go for? I think it's a perfectly reasonable strategy. Yeah. And a lot of people have actually said to me that they've done this with Quest, for instance. Yeah. And they're like, I sold my Rift. I went and got a Quest. I tried it out. And I wasn't convinced with the library. Because I, I, can, I can actually see that. Like, if you're a hardcore gamer and you're used to having, like, a full home, like, Oculus Home library or your Steam library accessible, and then you jump to Quest, which is kind of a small ringed garden at the moment, there, there isn't a lot of depth there. There isn't a, a title that's going to mm. really pull you through. It's a very wide lineup, but it's not very deep. And that's that's why I was kind of like... Well, you know, you know, even Spider, there are so many headsets to pick from right now. You could even, you know, you try the Rift S, then you send it back, then you try the HP Refurb, you send it back, and then you try maybe the Valve Index, and you send it back. No, 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 I'm, I'm not... I'm, like, you no can only spend your money once. You can only spend your money once. It's a smart thing to do. If you could try it, like, you could try a headset, like, one mm -hmm. a week and then make your decision in the end, you can. Because they're, like, you sh it's, 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 a, it's a good way. Because if you can't go to a store, you no. can't go to a store. No, you're right. Try them. So this yeah. is the only way to find out, yeah. besides everyone saying what they are saying. I think that's the, like, it's one of the trickiest things to do when you're... Uh, how far are we going to take this, though? Yeah. Like, you can buy one, take no, it I, back after 40 weeks, buy the same one, take it back after 40 <laughs> days, but buy honestly, another one, honestly, send it back after... <laughs> you know, honestly, like, you can listen to what we have to say, to what everyone has to say, but in the end, it's about you trying 
the headset. So sometimes it's better to just get it and try it yourself and not go on Reddit, on Facebook, Twitter, on YouTube to kind of get no idea anymore of what, what you are going to get into. Um, there is one downside, and I have been highlighting this before. I think specs-wise, fine headset. The only thing I just think is kind of worrying is that there is almost no roadmap for content. Well, Quest, we kind of know, oh, this is coming, that is coming. Well, I feel like with Rift S, yeah, it's a handful, but it's not big. Mm. Yeah, and there are some on dates. the box, but those ones that were on the box had to come out this week, <laughs> in my are, opinion. But those are those are solid, those are solid titles. Things like Defector and Stormlands and Asgards. I mean, those are all really cool games, and I can't wait to play them. Uh, one one odd exclusion that a, a commenter on YouTube um, highlighted to me is where's Oculus Home on these headsets? You you can't Oculus build... Rooms. You mean? Uh, no, not well. I don't think that's. What oh, I, you what mean? I mean, yeah, I mean okay. the actual yeah, yeah. full desktop experience of. I mean, I suppose you can on Rift S get to it, but on Quest, if you're a Quest buyer, you actually have no virtual there is environment no, there, that you there, create at, at this moment. There's no friend system. There is no achievement system. There is nothing in that sense. No. So you're missing kind of a bit of parrot because I was a bit confused. I was like, you just download it and install Oculus Home, and he went, no, Oculus Home Home. I was like, ET phone, Oculus yeah, Home Home? <laughs> I, I, I think it depends on how 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 cross-platform Facebook wants to make this. Yeah. yeah. And how, how, how unique they want to keep these. Like, they don't want the Quest to look the same as what Rift S has in terms of, you know, Oculus Home. And stuff. They really want to make it, you know, a different experience, I feel like. So I think we're going to see a different... One more weird characteristic that I noticed. The, the 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 you know draw your finger in the sand boundary system on Quest versus Rift S is materially different. It's like the same kind of thing, but for some yeah. reason the animation is like totally yeah. different. And, and, I don't, and, and, and the I don't UI is, is slightly different, and the questions they ask you are slightly different. It's, so it's strange. It's yeah. strange. Yeah. But I guess the, the the few people out there that would do would have both. I don't know. Would notice that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But yeah, let's move on then because we're running out of time a little bit. And um, you know, Nathan made a valid point about titles, but we did get one title announced this week uh, that is a very interesting one. And that's our next topic. We're gonna be talking about Phantom. Now, this is a new title from Endreams and Oculus Studios. Now, Endreams are the UK-based developers behind VR titles such as Shooty Fruity and The Assembly, if you remember that one. Ah, uh, love uh, The Assembly. And they've got a new game, obviously it's coming to Quest and Rift, called Phantom Cover Ops. Now, just imagine in your mind, if you're, if you're listening to this in your car or you're, you know, you're walking around, a nice serene, quiet river. You pull, you, you pull out your kayak to relax on the river, and then you strap your sniper rifle to your back, your MP5 to your side, <laughs> your silence pistol to your chest, and you've got enough ammo and C4, C4 to take on an army. And that's basically what Phantom Cover Ops is all about, because... You basically take the role of this like elite operative using a kayak to stealth your way along the water to take down these key targets and infiltrate enemy strongholds. And hats off to Endreams for dreaming up this idea. It's, it's freaking genius. Because who ever thought that you'd have a stealth shooter in VR that you're in a kayak the whole time? <laughs> like, Whoever came up with this idea at Endreams, I just want to buy this person a beer and just talk to them and just understand their logic because they've got a very creative mind. <laughs> it is, but it's actually not that uncommon though because those kind of things are being used in the army quite a lot. Mm. That's true. It's absolutely true. You're right. Um, and yeah, basically you're 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 paddling along uh, on the water. It's a seed experience, 
and you're using your sort of armory of weapons and different things at your disposal to take down these targets and you can kind of choose which way you want to go about it and uh nate you actually played it this week right on the quest yes yes oh. i actually played it twice i played it last year but there was this strong nda so i can talk about it still now so it has been like a long long ass time um yeah the first time i played it was on the oculus rift mm -hmm. uh, at gamescom and uh i played like two i think two hours of it mm -hmm. uh, back wow. then so way longer than the demo that that they uh, that they gave me um and yeah it's uh it's unique in its own way, that's for sure, because you stay in that kayak the entire entire time. Some people were wondering if you were also going to jump out after a while. No, sadly, you uh, you you glued yourself into this kayak, and you're not gonna get out. <laughs> but um, yeah, like they they came a long way because if I like when I compared it to the quest demo I played, um, I was like, wow, they they worked real hard on it. You know, they they listened to loads of feedback from people because they were, you know, figuring out how do you scope through a sniper rifle, for example, like how do you aim? And um, in the end, they went for, as I call the, the shadow, shadow core uh, aim, is that you, um, you get closer to your sniper rifle, you look through that scope, and then it snaps yep. onto your eye, and then you close one eye, and then you can, you can see through it, and you can, well, take out your enemy. Um, and as you said, you you don't only have a sniper rifle. You also have this MP5. You have this this um, what is it like handgun? Silence um, pistol. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, you can you can decide to use these weapons, but you don't have to. Mm -hmm. um, like Phantom is a game, and where you can decide how you want to play it. If you want to go complete silent and not kill anyone, then you can, and you actually get achievements for that too. Mm -hmm. Or Which is a kayak, can, right then. Yeah, yeah. Well, like, yeah, yeah. But then you can also decide to, for example, use your environments and shoot, for example, light to distract the, the guards, and then you move that way. Or you can go complete Rambo mm -hmm. and just shoot everything because you can see the levels like these red barrels, and you're like, mm -hmm. <laughs> should I do this or not? Um, but yeah, there are different ways you can play it. It's Let's say it's not open world, but it does give you the idea it is because you can go left, but you can go right sometimes. Yeah. So you can decide, um, yeah, how you play it, and that also, makes it very unique. Uh, really quickly, in between, uh, I, I believe the devs are in the chat as well. So if people have questions for them, ah. uh, they can ask them uh, directly there as well. Awesome, awesome. But yeah, I played the, the demo on Quest as well, uh, same one that you played, Nathie. But uh, like you say, you can play it whichever way you want. So I did kind of first go in like really stealthy, you know, I was like, uh, and you kayak like this. So it, and when you're sitting down, it feels really funny and it feels right. Um, and then there was like an enemy patrol boat coming. So I sort of like paddled over to the reeds and waited out in the reeds. And then you sort of paddle back out again. And then at first I was like taking out the lights, like you said, and I was like, yeah, let's like whip out the MP5 because the MP5, unlike your sniper rifle and your pistol, is not silenced. So you, at that point, you, everyone knows that you're there and you're just going, like, gunning it from your little boat. And, yeah, it, it's, it's a really yeah, unique it's concept. Cool. Uh, it, it's very interesting. I think it's a very creative idea for a VR game. Um, and apparently the demo that we played is around half a single mission in the, in the full game. Uh, and it's going to be coming to Quest and Rift at sometime later on in the year we don't have an exact re release date just yet um but from what i played uh, on the quest i was just like 
again, I was just like, I really want to play this on the Rift S to see what it looks like in that yeah, headset because yeah. having seen the trailer, like I know that they say that the trailer is captured on Quest and it looks great, but then I think, well, I wonder what it imagine looks like on the on the Rift. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to this one a lot. Yeah, but this this one, like the demo you have seen, is just a little bit of the experience because when I played it at Gamescom, you could also, for example, blow up an entire boat with C4 or really go, you know, big. Um, the only concern I've seen so far, the reactions have been like, are you going to stay in that kayak the entire game? And how will that, you know, be fun for the entire, you know, ride? Like, I, I don't know, because I haven't played the full thing, but hopefully they found a way to make that interesting enough until the mm. very last end, right? Uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. But like you said, um, you know, from from my playthrough, um, I got an, an award. I can't remember what it was now. Um but basically you get different uh, medals at the end of each level. So, yes. you know, whether you get 100% accuracy, for example, you don't kill anyone. Uh, Shortest so player ever. Everyone you shoot, you just shoot them right in the balls. Fluffiest Ewok in a kayak award. <laughs> um, okay. and, and basically, you know, it, it promotes, you know, replayability and trying different play styles going back. Whether that'll be fun to replay those levels again and again, doing different play styles, Again, like Nathy says, we don't know yet. Um, but yeah, first impressions, I really like the idea uh, of the concept of it. I think it's super mm -hmm. creative, it's something I've never even considered uh, before. And it's, it's one of those games I don't think you could, it wouldn't work in any other way other than a VR game, you know? I, I can tell you what is going to be very impressive the moment you, you jump from the Quest to the Rift S is that the water has more physics. So you know that that like that I don't know what it is like this this moss that is floating in the water, I don't know how you call it. When you use your pedal and you kind of go through that, it you know, makes that like it does that satisfying thing it would do in real life. Yeah. And like the physics in this title are top notch because let's say your boat is stuck somewhere, you can push yourself away with the pedal like you would do in in real life. So That's it's nice. It's, yeah, it that, works. Because that, that, if you were to have like a lucid dream, the number one thing that would prove that you were actually in a kayak was pushing yourself off the <laughs> yeah. side and having and, that, that physics kind of motion and, away from the and, edge. And, and you can decide how fast you pedal. You can go super slow or real fast and then let the boat still, you know, uh, move move its way around. Uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's great. As I said before, the only thing that I think is concerning is will it be still fun for those amount of hours to sit in that kayak all the time? Maybe you're gonna like step out of the water with the kayak still onto your, and then you yeah. then then you have feet under your kayak, and then you can run around. At you any make, point, <laughs> and it becomes like a, this doom ass game, you know. At any point in this demo, that did you get to hit people with the actual like paddles? Did you ever no, get to take someone no. out? Because I would have loved right, that, like, like, like coming like up a, coming up alongside a pier, and then you just I, like take his legs <laughs> out or something. I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think that's possible i i do like i'm not sure if i remember this correctly but i i do think you can grab an enemy and just pull them into the water but i'm not so sure about that um so yeah i don't know we'll see uh, but it will be a different experience on pc for sure because i i in the end i could compare um there was much more going on physics wise on mm. pc than than quest but still like a, a year ago they were so so mysterious about what they were going to do with this game and now we all know that they were going to launch it on both platforms. It's not coming to, um, you know, Steam or anything because this is a game that has been made in collaboration with Oculus Studios, so you know what that means. But hey, Revive is still a thing, uh, luckily. So if you still want to check it out, then uh, I think you can. Yeah.
Yep, so that is uh, Phantom Covert Ops, uh, one to look forward to coming to Quest and PC sometime in 2019. Somewhere. Uh, one to keep an eye on for definite, a bit like Wingman at the beginning. Put it on your wish list if you're interested in that sort of game. Uh, but finally, back by popular demand, it's Rowdy making us all a little bit smarter, <laughs> learning about VR, which is super interesting. Who knew that we could actually learn something from this podcast? So now it's time for... <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> Rowdy science. Take it away, dude. Rowdy science. Okay, well, t today, um, I mean, I've asked in the previous episodes, like, you know, what kind of stuff should we talk about as well? So if, if people have suggestions, you know, be sure to drop them in the chat as well, uh, and I'll, I'll go over them uh, there. Is the, is the presentation already on, Sim? It's there. All right, perfect. Uh, so today we're going to be talking about hearing in VR. So I'm going to take it off uh, by starting, like, what is what is sound actually in, in, in general. So sound waves basically are vibrations in a medium. The, the exact definition that I could find, uh, very complicated. Sound is defined as oscillation in pressure, stress, particle displacement, particle velocity, etc., propagated in a medium with internal forces, elastic or viscous, or the superposition of such propagated oscillation. That is what sound is. Wow. Very, very, very complex. Wiggle. Basically, this means that sound needs a medium to support it. So that being air, that being water. But it also means that sound cannot travel in, for example, a vacuum like space. So that's why they always say in space there is no sound. Mm. No one can hear you scream. No one can hear you scream because you need to have a medium to support uh, sound. Now, as humans, we can hear sound waves as distinct pitches uh, between a frequency of about 20 hertz to 20 kilohertz. Uh, and sound waves above the 20 kilohertz are known as ultrasound, which we use a lot as well, especially in hospital settings. Uh, this is not perceptible by humans. And sound waves below 20 hertz are known as infrasound, which is a, a little bit less known. Um, now, for the perception of sound, there is sound has a number of, of characteristics. This um, I, I've listed a few of them here. I, I think I listed all of the ones that I could find directly. Uh, but pitch is one of them uh, that relates to frequency. We have duration, that is how long the sound is noticed. Uh, loudness, the intensity of the of the sound. Then the next one, I don't know how to pronounce it in English, but I'm going to do my best. I know how to pronounce it in Dutch and French. It's timbre. La timbre is the quality of the sound timbre. and uh, the pre-conscious allocation of sonic identity. I'm sure Zim can correct me yeah, on timbre. that. Timbre. Timbre. Timbre? Oh, okay. Uh, so sonic texture, that relates to the number of sources and how these sources interact with each other. And a very important one, especially for virtual reality, is the spatial location that represents the cognitive placement of sound in an environment. So when we do this all unconsciously, of course, but when you hear a sound, you can almost pinpoint exactly with your eyes where that sound is coming from within the fraction of a second and that is something that is very powerful but also very very complex i'll get i'll get to that uh, a little bit later so we move on now now we kind of know how to, what a sound is i, I want to talk a little bit of like how do we perceive that sound so how how do our ears uh, basically work now we actually don't hear with our ears I'll get back to that later as well. Uh, but hearing it's in itself involves two different parts. We have a, a peripheral system that consists out of three parts, the outer ear, the middle ear, and the inner ear. And then we also have the central hearing system, which consists out of the auditory nerve, and then a very complex pathway through the brainstem that leads all the way to the auditory cortex, where we then become aware of, of the sound. So 
oh. we start off with the with the peripheral system so we have uh, the thing that we actually all know as as our ear it's only only this part it's called the pinna uh, and that is on each side of our head uh, that collects the sound waves that are around us these sound waves are then being funneled into an ear canal which makes the uh, the eardrum vibrate and this is an extremely sensitive uh, organ um, after that we go uh, to the middle ear which are the uh, the vibrations from the eardrum that move through a, a chain of tiny bones these bones are called the ossicles we have three different ones we have the malleus the incus and the stapes um, and these then transfer it into the cochlea of the inner ear and that is where the sound eventually of the ear eventually ends up to. So as these stapes start to vibrate, we have fluids in the cochlea that start to move in a wave-like manner and then stimulate microscopically uh, small hair cells. And these kind of look like, like this. So a hair cell in the, cochlea, in the cochlea is tuned to respond to different kinds of sounds that is based on the pitch of the sound. So higher pitch sounds, they stimulate the hair cells in the lower part while the low pitch sounds, they stimulate the hair cells in the upper part of the cochlea. Um, and it kind of looks like, like this. So the hair cell then detects the sound, a nerve impulse is detected, and this travels all the way along to the auditory nerves, a very complex pathway uh, through the brainstem, then arrives in the auditory cortex, and there it is converted into the thing that we then call sound. Wow. So it's very fair to say actually we don't hear with our ears at all, we actually hear with, with our brain, which is also why uh, you have things like, for example, bone conduction. You have, we, we talked about that, about the headphones that wanted to also use bone conductions to make you perceive sounds. But as long as you can stimulate the auditory nerve, that being with uh, bone conduction or other kind of things, which I don't know about, you can actually perceive sounds in your brain and actually hear. A very interesting thing, if you think about it, from a psychological point of view, because if you say like, oh, we don't hear sounds, we hear with our brain, hearing voices get a, a completely different meaning, right? Mm. And the most amazing thing is that all of this happens in a tiny fraction of a second, almost instantaneously, that all that sound is being taken up, those vibrations comes, we get those nerve impulses, hits our brainstem, hits our auditory cortex, and we have sound produced. And to make it even more amazing, I have a, a small little video that I wanted to show. If you guys have the chance to watch it as well, you, you certainly should. Uh, so this video is, was recorded in the laboratory of Professor Jonathan Ashmore, and it, it shows the isolated guinea pig outer hair cell, uh, hair cell that um, has a, a cell patch electrode has been attached to, a very common technique in neuroscience. Now what they did was through a pipette, they, de they delivered an alternating current signal that was injected, and then they observed the, uh, the resulting motor response under a microscope. Uh, and then they also, that alternating current, they also attached that to a loudspeaker, and they uh, synced that to the video so we could also hear actually what uh, the hair cell uh, is, um, is hearing. I'm, I'm going to play the video now. Uh, for the audio listeners, uh, just you know, dance in your car or something because uh, you'll be you'll be in tune with our with our little hair cell. Here we go. And Rowdy, right. just a quick check at this point because so far we've only seen one slide. So is that correct? No, that's point? not correct. Okay, <laughs> so something's not been working. We've just been seeing the yeah. um, the single graph. Yeah, Rowdy, Rowdy wanted to show it uh, somewhere. I think. Wait, we've got some music. You're only seeing one slide. Yeah, it's just we have seen one slide so far. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, of two people sitting on a couch. Yeah, sorry, that was. All. I just thought you oh, were. You, uh, 
Get and is, is it working now? It's black now. <laughs> oh, we've got a 3D sound spatialization up on. And uh, wait, uh, I'll go over the slides real quick. Eh? So what is sound? Is that that is on for me now? Sound spatial, yeah. yeah spatialization. We're on, we're on 3D sound spatialization is the title for this one. That's strange. Okay, let me give me Rowdy, a moment. Rowdy's just taking this. a minute to kind of work Rowdy, out. just use your brain. This is, <laughs> this is blowing my mind. You don't, so you don't need yeah. your ears. You don't need yeah. your ears. So, like, just the brain. So every time I say something to Mike, like his brain is processing it like crazy. Yeah, but then it just goes out the other ear because you... <laughs> okay, yeah. I, I put it up. What is sound now? Ear. It's not my ear. It's my brain, actually. It's going no, out of the other OBS. side of my brain. Oh, what is sound? Okay, and if I switch to the next slide, do you see it there? Give us a few seconds. Still on what is sound? Oh, yes, perception of sound. Perception of sound. Oh, Dad, I, I, I put so many cool pictures in there. <laughs> I mean, anyway, perception of sound, I'll go through them real quick. Uh, how do our ears work? So that's where we are at now. Uh, this was the image of, the, uh, of how our ear basically looks. Uh, and then um, we have the hair cell. Um, it is working now, right? We yeah. see all the, see the all the slides now. Okay. Oh yeah, now we see a picture of the ear. Yeah, and then we have the hair cells, and then how the auditory nerves basically receives um, uh, receives the uh, this the stimulus from the auditory channel. And then finally the video, which I've been talking about. It's uh, it's rather impressive, I think. Uh, Hopefully it works. Let me know if it doesn't work. One, two, three o'clock, four o'clock, rock. Five, six, seven o'clock, eight o'clock, rock. Nine, ten, eleven o'clock, twelve o'clock, rock. We're going to rock around ten o'clock tonight. But it's that right, so join me home. Have some fun when the first lights go so what you just saw was basically a dancing hair cell that actually dances up to the tunes of the music. I think that's one of the amazing things about doing science that you can actually visualize something like that uh, in, a, in a setting as well. Uh, that's really amazing. Um, nice song, right? <laughs> Good song. I remember Good it from, um, oh, what was that? It had, uh, it had the fawns in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, can't remember the, I can't remember the name of the, the thing now. Happy days. Happy days. Happy days. Oh. So then uh, the most important thing for virtual reality is, of course, the 3D sound spatialization. Uh, we only have two ears, but we are able to look at sounds in a three-dimensional space, which is rather strange because uh, it, that doesn't make a lot of sense if we only have two ears. Mm -hmm. uh, but our brains are very smart. Some are smarter, some are less smart, but uh, OK. <laughs> uh, but what, what their brains basically do is um, we primarily localize sound based on the delay between the sound's arrival in both ears. So sound arrives in one ear earlier than it does in the other. Uh, they call that the interaural time difference, uh, ITD. And the other way that we try to localize sound is based on the difference in sound level in the, the both ears. So we have interaural time difference and also interaural level difference. And the localization technique that we rely upon depends heavily on the frequency content of the actual signal. Now that is very good for like lateral kind of audio that is arriving in the ears, but there's a, a much bigger problem 
coming from the front and the back. And we are all gamers. I'm sure we've all experienced that. But if it's very hard if you're playing a game with headphones to localize the sounds coming from the front or coming from the back, because they basically arrive in your ears in, in real life in the same time. And the way that our brain does that in real life is that um, all these sounds coming from the front and the back, and of course, also from the lateral sides, uh, they interact with our outer ears. They interact with our head, they interact with our neck or shoulders, and they get certain like colored modifications that help the brain then, because it's been trained to listen to like that, uh, to help the brain solve that confusion. And this interaction then creates a response that is called the head-related transfer function. There's a lot of documentation that you can find on this in the Oculus uh, developer, uh, um, uh, I call that uh, the develop developer kit, and also the, uh, the the blog that they have. An enormous amount of information because they kind of say this is now the linchpin of personalized immersive audio. If you can capture this, this is basically the audio equivalent of doing a fingerprint because that transfer function will be unique to every single individual dependent on the way their head is shaped, the way that their torso is shaped, even all those grooves that we have in our ears, they matter for how we perceive sounds in, in terms of direction. So in terms of if we modify, um, I found a lot of studies on that where they like artificially modify the pinna of your ear, people will have a lot of trouble in having pinpointing the direction of the sound. After a couple of weeks, Usually that disappears because the brain gets adjusted, oh. retrained, and then uh, is able to like directly pinpoint it again. I remember some scientists in Reservoir Dogs doing an experiment about that. Yeah, yeah, I believe that is indeed a part in there. Yeah, um, do, do, do. and then um, we have uh, another thing. So direction we talked about ILD, ITD, and HRTF, oh. uh, the head-related uh, head uh, transfer function, but that is only direction. Distance is another thing, and that comes from other cues, being loudness, initial time delay, the ratio of direct sound to reverberant sound, motion parallax, frequency attenuation, a lot of different cues that all make up uh, not the direction, but the distance of the audio source that it's coming to. Um, and that brings us basically to the importance of sound in, in virtual reality. Now, our brains are mostly tuned for visual information. Uh, which makes sense because our visual system is uh, extremely well developed. It offers us a lot of benefit, especially from an evolutionary perspective, uh, because you need to be able to see prey, you need to be able to see a predator. So a visual system is is, is very important for us. But unfortunately, unfortunately, that has led to sound often being a little bit uh, underappreciated. People, for example, they don't realize often that there's music in a trailer or in a game up until the point that it's actually turned off. Then you go like, it's, it's like it's weird. It's like something is missing. Um, visual elements they often tell a story, but sound is actually just as important as it conveys a lot of underlying information that adds to the experience. If you want to try something, you should try watching a horror movie, but replace all of the scary music with like some kind of funny cartoon music. And I'm telling you, it's not going to be anything like the same experience. I put a picture of, uh, of George Lucas here because he's a very big fan of, of, of sound in, in movies. He actually said one time that sound is about 50% of the experience. And with VR offering a new dimension of experience, this becomes even more important as it's, it is so crucial to get that immersiveness. Um, 
Now, Oculus has been doing a lot of work on that. I have a picture here of Henry. I'll get back to that uh, real soon. Um, but binaural audio is something that we all kind of know about. It was first used actually in 1881, but it required the user uh, of the listener to keep their head completely stationary because as soon as you move your head, you get completely drawn out of the experience because the audio doesn't doesn't follow, of course, which our brains are used to do that. Uh, this implements into oral time difference, environmental reflections, filtering of the sound by your body, because they're recording those kind of things from something that it looks like a hat or actually from the same kind of person. Uh, so binaural audio let us hear exactly where the sounds are coming from. Um, so that's a, a really great thing. Most of the time in games, though, they use audio rendering engines rather than uh, binaural audio, which makes perfect sense because then you can actually render the audio itself. Uh, now, why did I put Henry here? I found a really cool piece on an Oculus blog of the developers from, uh, from Henry uh, that said, um, with each character, they now have to think about how many total sources that they need to have and also where to place them in the character. So Henry, for example, he had three mono sources, one for his mouth, which was his voice, one for his torso, which were his hands, and also one for his feet, that were his footsteps. And also, all of these sounds have realistic fall-off curves that model loudness with distance in the real world, huh. which is just a very good example I, to yeah. see like to what extent that developers go to to have some convincing audio. You want I, to say I, something? I, I never thought that. Um... Like I, when I see a character in, in, in a game, it's like, okay, it just makes sound. But I never thought like, oh yeah, wait, the head makes a sound and then the hands do something and the yeah. feet, like it's all, it has all its own purpose in the end, but it's, it's like- And they went, they went even further in Henry because one key to acoustically immersing someone in a space is understanding the way that the space itself affects the sound. Since most of the sound in the real world comes to you as reflections off of walls, off of floors, other surfaces, and they couldn't bake reverb into our sources since they would lose the sense of the sound bouncing off of surfaces around you, uh, which is a very interesting concept. It's a, a completely new array of difficulties that come into a VR game oh. because users will be wanting to be immersed in, in some kind of environment and you need that kind of stuff uh, going there. Now, Oculus themselves have also an audio SDK that features a lot of tools and plugins, such as the following. They have spatialization, hat tracking, audio propagation, volumetric source, neo field rendering, sound sources, sound transport time, a lot of information you can find on this in the SDK itself. So if you're interested in this, I'll leave some links at, uh, at, the, at the end of the presentation as well. Uh, they don't have native support for things like the Doppler effect yet. I don't know if you guys know what that is. Uh, it's basically that um, sound that moves towards you will, diff will sound different than sound that is moving away from you. Uh, because the waveforms, they will be compressed and they will expand. You hear that, for example, with an ambulance, when it's driving towards you and it passes you, it sounds different. Um, they also don't have uh, native support yet for directional sources or area sources, such as, for example, waterfalls or uh, stuff like that. Um, for listening devices, uh, that's why we were talking about a little bit earlier. We basically have four different types. We have closed backs, uh, open backs, earbuds, uh, and in-ear monitors. As a general rule of thumb, um, the uh, closed back headphones they offer the most isolation and also bass response. But the closed construction may lead sometimes to discomfort and also leads to less accurate audio rep reproduction due to internal resonance. Um, and also if they're posed 
on or over the ear, which is one of the reasons why I don't like them. They cause the, the pinnae, hey, your ears themselves, to, to be a little bit more compressed and different and therefore impacting the sound reproduction slightly. So it's actually a little bit uh, a, a less ideal situation. The open back headphones, the ones that I personally use and I love the most, Same. they are generally more accurate. They're more comfortable as well. But the negative downside of that is that they do not isolate listeners from the exterior environment uh, and the broadcast to, to the surrounding environment as well. So they are more suitable for quiet areas devoted to a VR experience. So if you're a true, a true VR enthusiast, you should get your own VR room and open back headphones, possibly in conjunction with a subwoofer if you really want that, uh, that top-notch audio experience. The other two earbuds or in-ear monitors, I'm not even going to talk about them because they're not even worth mentioning uh, in terms of immersiveness. Mm. Um, and that brings us to the, to the last slide. Uh, the difficult part that we basically have in, in, in VR is that, um, well, we hear sound in three dimensions. And it is very hard uh, in virtual reality to spatialize that sound. Um, we have things like the HRTF, but like I said, that is a unique audio fingerprint that we uh, that we need to implement. Now, there's a lot of universities that, is, that are working on that and, and research labs. We have, for example, the Visisonics Research Lab at the University of Maryland. They've made a sound booth that is covered in 256 tiny disc-shaped uh, microphones. So what they do is they place the uh, the speakers in the ears. Uh, very interesting because that way they can um, uh, capture the uh, the uh, head-related transfer function um, from each individual specifically, mm -hmm. because you get the torso, you get the the head, you get the shape of the ears, all captured by that giant boot with all of those microphones. Because of course it works the other way around as well you can have sound coming in that will be colored by all those modifications from your head, torso, and your ears, but also the sound that is going out of your ears, which is how they reason, is gonna be colored the same way, just an inverse of that, uh, to eventually reach that uh, dome of, uh, of microphones. Um, so unlike other testing uh, methods, which uh, account for each possible location on one, this patented uh, technology picks up all the audio cues simultaneously. They can currently do this in a lab, but they eventually want to set it up in every Best Buy, uh, which would be uh, very interesting to see. Best Buy? And another company in a Best Buy, yeah, exactly. Okay. That you you can basically now already, if you want, you can get the shape of your ears, like for those like earplugs, you can get yeah. that molded. molded. Uh, that is also something like that. But imagine doing that for your headphones. Um, another company that we talked about before, OSIC, uh, they were also working on this and they claim to have integrated sensors that instantly calibrate to your head and torso. Do you remember those, uh, those headphones? Yep. Yep. Do you also remember what happened to them? No, they went bust, didn't they? Or they went bankrupt. Yeah, exactly. So how they do it, I, I, I don't know. I said it back then as well. Like, I don't understand how they're going to do that with headphones. And apparently, they didn't know either because they went bankrupt and now refused to refund the 22,000 pre-orders of the 300 headphones. Uh, so $300 headphones. Um, so nowadays, most HRTF spatialization implementations use only uh, one of a few public data sets available. Um, and that will probably stay for a while like that, since we're not going to go to specialized audio like that yet. But getting an HRTF function just in general from a general shape of hat is already a, a long way, like a synthetic hat such as, uh, as the Camar. 
then I still have a, a couple of references and some other material. And if there are any questions still. Well, yeah, I actually have one. Like you, you said that you like right now they're recording sounds in, you know, a special room, but in the future, would a computer be able to replicate sound like that? And just physics wise. Well, that's the difficult part is that we still don't understand exactly what all impacts that kind of sound that is going to because the difficult part of it is that each human is so specifically shaped that even like the the shape of our of our ears is is is, is complex and is different and if you if you change that then the way that audio enters your ears will be different so eventually we'll have to find a way to mm. to either personalize it or to model it that you can do it at your own location or like that you get a profile or something like that or maybe a, a oh. scan or something that like, like that but for the people who want to go mm. to real extremes for the best kind of quality mm. now i do think that with computer simulations you can get fairly close it's that you know you can, i always say you, the, the first 80% is easy it's the last 20% that will make it hard, you know? Mm. So the, those last kind of fractions that really hit the nail on the head is going to be, is going to be the hard part. So I've got a quick so, question. What if, what if um, you know, you, you bypass the ears completely and go straight to the brains with some sort of like neural connection? Is that a possibility then that you could somehow? No, because what you miss then is all the, the colored modification from right everything around us. So we have a sound source that is projecting audio, yeah. but it's not that audio that we're hearing. It's the audio reflection of our, yeah. and, and the absorption that our, 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 uh, our body does, our head does, our ears, how it's reflected in there before it eventually hits even the ear canal. And mm. then it goes to the auditory nerves. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah. I love that you've like highlighted here that you're, you know, you're listening with your, your whole body, so to speak, in addition yeah. to the mechanisms mm. in your head that allow you to hear. Um, and it only just underlines the experience, my, still my favorite auditory experience in VR, Subnautica, uh, the aurora, the big ship, when it explodes, if, you, if you're using like a shaker at the same time and you can feel that up through your skeleton mm -hmm. at the same time as you're hearing it in your head, um, that is an amazing journey. So if anyone who has those components is able to, to do that, well worth that's, doing. that's why I guess it makes it so immersive because just like in real life, if, if an explosion happened, you would feel the vibrations through your body. So a sub pack or, you know, some sort of like butt shaker or whatever delivers that. Uh, it, it, what is it butt called? Wiping. <laughs> what is it called? <laughs> it's the, it's butt, the kicker. Butt, butt kicker. But no, but, uh, any, any, but, any transducer. Something transducer, else. yeah. <laughs> Can we do a science episode on butt shakers around you? <laughs> no. So, yeah. so, so uh, uh, Hawkeye just said in the chat, and uh, now I want to go back into all the Quest games I played this past week and just listen. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yes, but that, you... that is also, I think there's a real opportunity for developers there as well. Like if you, if you make a, a VR game, invest in audio because even in, in yeah. like in general gaming, it's important, but it's so much more important in, in virtual reality. So if you can, if you can do something special there, I'm telling you, a lot of people will, will find it very interesting and very nice, but they won't be able to pinpoint what it exactly is. Yeah. Uh, which yeah. is a very interesting concept, yeah. which is also, we mentioned that a couple of times about Moss as well. And I'm, I'm still saying they did so many things very, very brilliantly. Like for example, the, the beating heart mm. um, that you that you can feel as well. It's, yep. it's such a nice addition to something that is, well, sounds very like simple and, and, and 
not really meaning a lot, meaningless. Uh, but it but adds it, so much. Yeah, it adds it so it's much. another immersion, immersive layer, isn't it? To that, to yeah. that story yeah. stack, you know. And yeah. you're absolutely right. Like, I mean, the games that I remember are ones that have good audio because it, it it definitely it brings you in in a way that you're not expecting. The one that I can highlight from recently was Serious Sam. Hearing the echo of the screaming. A headless arm, you know, bomb man coming at you is like this feeling of like terror that that's just kind of impinging upon you at that time. Yeah, so. yeah. And another one of your favorites, Sim, uh, Alien Isolation. God damn <laughs> it. Sound yeah. very well. Yeah. That was a terrifying experience. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I found that super fascinating, dude. I really appreciate you putting the time and effort into doing the yeah, research. No uh, I, I think it is really interesting to learn way more uh, about like, yeah. you know, the, the components of VR that make VR such an incredible experience and uh, yeah, the science behind it is super fascinating. Uh, so if you've got a question in the chat, now's a good time. I'm just going to quickly wrap up the show times and we're going to say goodbye. But uh, just a reminder, this is a weekly VR, AR and MR talk show live streamed every Saturday on YouTube, Facebook and Twitch. Tune into the show live at 7 p.m. in Europe, 6 p.m. in the UK and 12 midday in Central US. Also check out the audio version on iTunes, SoundCloud and Anchor. If you enjoy this show and you've learned something today, maybe you've developed a new brain cell, hit that like button and make sure you subscribe and uh, leave us a nice review on iTunes because that really helps out. But really hats off to you, Rowdy. Fantastic episode. Uh, Thank you, man. E even for someone with a, with a background in engineering and stuff, you covered a lot of great great information so that yeah again what, what mike said thank you for doing the research and sharing that with us the, the community is going to love that thanks man absolutely appreciate it absolutely there was a question hey. here uh from meatball saucy it said nathy can you give us details on what you were doing with elite motion on your quest yeah. <laughs> triggering everyone <laughs> well, well that's a good one no i i uh, because you know um you can now play uh, steam vr games on your quest, I was like, well, maybe that could work, but right now it doesn't. Okay. That's all. That, that, that was the, uh, the, the second I, t I tuned into your video, I was like, what the heck is he doing with the leap? <laughs> <laughs> I, was tr I was trying to use it, but at the moment it doesn't. But I, I do do feel like it could, it could. Yeah. Yeah. There's another one yeah. here for you, Mike. Mike mm -hmm. uh, from uh, Nagod. Mike, how did you handle your Mantis, those headphones, and the video cord on the Rift S? Uh, right, so this is a, a, a good opportunity for me to explain this because I had a few questions about this this week as well on, on Reddit. So at the back of the headset here, um, so this is the, where is it? The standard clip uh, is gone. I've actually taken it off now, but there is there is a clip that basically runs the wire from the headset and it's mounted about here. Correct. It does a pretty poor job because it just drapes the cable over your shoulder. So what I did was I just used a small soft Velcro strap right at the back of the head strap to, to run the cable all the way to the back so it runs down your back instead. Ah, that's nice. Your way. Super, super nice. Then with the Mantis, there is a trick to this because a lot of people who bought the Mantis on my recommendation were like, you can't even get them on the strap. So you, you tricked us, Mike. You, you lied to us. Well, they're on there, so I, it happened. But basically, you need to open the strap all the way open because this strap is actually tapered. And it's actually much narrower near the back of the headset. So you actually need to get this clipped over near the back as far as you can and then slide it forward where it tapers wider. And that's how you get them on. You oh. might have to unhook them slightly. They might become slightly unhooked within the plastic uh, mechanism on the Mantis itself, but you can just clip them back in easy enough and they're absolutely fine. But still, 
right now, this is the best audio solution I can find with the Rift S. Right. So, hope that answers the question. It, it, it's great. It's great to see people, you know, uh, trying out different headphones on the Rift S. Although it is sad that the community has to do it, but hey. It is what it is. But yeah, we've had a super long episode, way, way longer how than long? Jesus. How long? It's 8.20, feckin' hell. Two, two hours and 20 minutes. So Mike, is, Mike ended quickly. That is a wrap for this week. Thank <laughs> you for everyone that's joined us this week in the chat and that are listening to this maybe after the fact. Uh, we hope you have a great week in VR. We'll be back next week. So tune in then for some more awesome VR news. And uh, bye-bye for now. Take care. See you oh, later. I said it was going to be short. Ha, 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 ha.